Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. And now a word from our sponsors. Yes, we got sponsors. First up, Foo Wax. The best wax in the game. This stuff is so sticky and grippy, you'll never slip off your stick again. Ever. Ever. Again. So go to your local surf shop. And, and make sure they carry it. And if they don't, demand it. Demand it. You'll be stoked. Try it out. Our next sponsor, Bonsai Bowls. Oh. I know a lot of our listeners have, have had one of these. And if they haven't, they're going to now. They're missing out. They're missing out. It's a healthy, delicious, amazing, fresh acai bowl with tons of fruit and organic like ingredients. They've got five locations in Southern California. From Huntington to San Clemente and all in between. Two in Hawaii. Two in Hawaii for that, those on the North Shore. And, um, you know, come support these guys. They have amazing Asahi bowls, and they support the West Coast Board Riders and a lot of the surf events up and down the coast. And they've made it a lot easier With, to get them. They've got their own app now. That's right. Go to your app store and download Bonsai Bowl app, and you can pre-order, pre-pay, and just go pick up. Cut cut through the line. And for our listeners of the Late Night with Chalky podcast, you're going to get 15 off your next bowl. A 15% discount off yes. Bonsai Bowls. That's insane. Um, so make sure to mention the Late Night with Chalky podcast and you get 15% off That's at right. Bonsai Bowls. And one of our other favorite restaurants. Oh, Caliente, Caliente OC. Caliente Southwest.com. They offer healthy Mexican style food with local uh, organic ingredients. Family owned. Family owned. Their phone number is 949-515-0909. And our listeners get 15% off there as well. Yeah. So mention Late Night with Chalky Podcast and get 15% off at Caliente OC. And both these guys are great at catering events. So you could use them for a shop event, corporate event, birthday event, wedding, all of the above. They love to party. And last but not least, we are super stoked to welcome Olo Clip as a new sponsor of the Late Night with Chalky podcast. What is Oloclip? Uh, they make the original mobile lens system for your phone. So these can make clips that hold the lenses, the cases that are designed to make it really easy to get the clip on the phone. So check them out at oloclip.com. And for all the Late Night with Chalky podcast listeners, they get 10% off. That's, that's huge. Huge. So at checkout, the code is SURF10, that's S-U-R-F, the ten. number 10, and you get 10% off Oloclip. And you guys got to check check out our Instagram. We're going to be posting pictures with these wide, in, wide lens uh, angles, uh, fish eye, all kinds of cool like photo options with your phone. And for you uh, rich dudes out there, like late night, they do make cl- uh, <laughs> lenses for iPhone 11s. What? What? Epic. Thank you, sponsors. Thank you. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Welcome. We got this week's guest, 
He's an awesome human being. He is an incredible surfer. He's a video producer. He rips in the water. Logan, Chucky, Julian. Oh, what an intro. <laughs> what a long, drowned out intro. Welcome, buddy. Thanks, brother. It's Thank been a long time since me. we hung out, dude. Yeah, this is a special occasion. Yeah. So yeah. stoked to see you. Yeah, it's an honor to be on the show. So we got a lot to talk about. You got a lot of things going on right now, but... um, Yeah, yeah. before we get to the big Snap movie, Yeah. Um, which I'm sure many surfers around the world have seen, yes. Snapped, right? Snapped. And this will be Snap what? This will be Snap 4. We did Snap 1 and 2. 2002 was Snap 1. 2003 was Snap 2. And then I came back to start Snap 3 in 2016. And we released it in 2017. Nice. So it's time for a new one. Yeah. And I'm sure all of us... So exciting. Yeah, we can't wait. Because there's not a lot of movies dropping these days. You know? And it's hard to... Not full on. But long long movies. Long form. I think it's like... The independent movie, I think, yeah. is what, what right now is lacking or fucking. There's yeah. just not many. Yeah. Um, you know, it seems like a lot companies are still making like companies are still making movies. Yeah. And then it seems like individuals are making their own feature film on themselves, kind yeah. of with some special guests and cameos and stuff. But the whole. But just to hold on to good content for until you get enough to do a short film, or yeah, it's hard. Independent, kind yeah. of like having guys from a bunch of different teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, under one project, I think we're not seeing we don't see that a lot anymore. of that right now. Yeah. So I guess it's lucky timing for me. Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. So let's go back in time. Uh, way back. Where did you grow <laughs> up and how did you get into surfing? Uh, let's see, I grew up in Newport. I was born at Hogue. And I think it like... Hotel Hogue? Hotel Hogue. <laughs> yeah, yeah sick. Not too, not too shabby. Not too shabby. What do you think of worst places to be born? Um, and I think at like... 13, 14, uh, parents got divorced, which sounds like, oh, bummer, but it wasn't. I ended up moving to the beach to River Jetties, and uh, that's when everything started. I I, uh, got in and started working at the Frog House pretty pretty close to when I moved over there, and from there, that's when everything started panning out and started kind of How old were you when you got into surfing? Uh, 14. Oh, wow. So late? Late bloomer. Yeah. Yeah. Why, Why is that, you think? Uh... I don't know, it's where, where I grew up in Newport, like I think guys were playing tennis, basketball, <laughs> stuff more to be totally honest. Because um, that's kind of different, right? Yeah, from, from, yeah, uh, yeah. For most people that we interview, yeah. a lot or, of them start in like, you know, when they're 10 or even younger. Yeah, it depends. not certain necessarily surfing at that age, but at least hitting the beach all the time. You know, other siblings or, or you know, parents and yeah. just boogie boarding usually yeah. and working your way up. But 14 years straight in the surfing. And nobody in my family, my dad, no, no one surfed. Like, yeah. It was completely foreign to my family. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, the, the only funny thing is, is I went to school at Newport Elementary, which is like the only school. On the beach. Yeah. On the beach. So I remember. My like, wife teaches there now. Oh, does she? <laughs> yeah. It's pretty rad. Yeah. And so I remember got watching. the worst like, office Mike, in, in the world. I remember like watching Mike Stewart. Guys like bodyboard, uh, like pointer schoolyards, you know, on certain swells during recess. Yeah, so, so I always wanted to surf, but it, it just wasn't in the cards yet until we moved to River Jetties. Huh. And then at that point, uh, what a difference a couple miles makes, huh? Yeah, well, that in exactly. circle of friends, you know, like you know. 
Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. So it's like who you hang out with, too, at that age is kind of your influence. Yeah, so, they, they can't hang out at the surf shop. Like, you're not going to hang out at the frog house and not learn to surf. <laughs> you, I mean, you're just going to get roasted. Yeah. Um, you know? I'm sure of it. Yeah, they roast. They, they, <laughs> roasting is an understatement. We love the frog house. Yeah. Did and it's you, even like Bobby Tane, you know? Like, he was, he love was Bobby Tane. Yeah, so it's like Bobby, his brother Danny, um, all, all those guys, you know, TK, Bejo. Like, if you were going to hang out at the frog house you should definitely try to figure out learning how to surf. That, and, and you better be quick-lit. Yeah. You know, or you're going to go to school. You learn how to be quick-witted with skin. <laughs> and, and tolerance for gram abuse has to be high. So, But that that's what we talk about all the time on how awesome it was growing up inside of a surf shop because that's what we did. You know, you, yeah. you hung out there. You idolized the guys working there. You just see all the coolest new surf products and you're, you thought they were just legit yeah and right around the corner like three houses away is where richard wolcott lived mm. and full and volcom ruka ruka sorry volcom frog house was volcom's first ever account ever wow you know so like that i think there was something extra special going on there at the time as far as like, yeah yeah you know only certain brands grow up blow up you know yeah. in certain places and to watch that kind of pan out in front of your eyes was pretty bad time yeah they're kind of a brand builder because i think they they're the first for uh don't care too yeah yeah <laughs> well, there you go <laughs> Just, so at 14 you started surfing did you boogie board first or no, skateboard no, no. straight straight straight, straight into surfing and it's just I, definitely the worst kid out in the water uh, definitely the worst kid in the shop but uh <laughs> To me, like it didn't really matter. At least like I had a board. At least I had a wetsuit, and yeah. I was. Do you remember what your first board was? Um, I mean, I think my first like custom board. I almost first board say, ever. First board ever. Can't really remember as far as the first board, but I know like Greg Giddings G Four Sports, and then at one point I had one contra that was shaped by Richie Collins. Awesome. Uh, all all boards that were Richie played. Collins shaped it. Yeah, yeah. He had, him and Jeff Parker had a, a board company called Contra. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and uh, I, I remember those were all the boards getting pushed through the shop at the time. And um, but for the most part, I rode Greg Giddings boards like for like a year or two, and then after that, I rode uh, DLCs, Greg De La Cruz. Yeah, and been riding those boards for like 26, 27 years Sick. ever since. You're still riding them. Yeah, nice. Probably same dimensions. I don't think I've grown. Since <laughs> I, I still go glass. I think, it's a, I think it's a good thing. I, I love glass. Ones too. You know who you know who Dave Bonaventure is. 
Oh, that sounds familiar. He, he started Vestal back in the day. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. He used to live over at the River Jetties. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mark just, and Dave's. He just got yeah. a, a new DLC and I don't know. He loves it. No, they're insane. Yeah. I mean, Deli was the go shaper for JC. So a lot of those yeah. boards, Dorian, Conan, Pete, all those guys were riding. Like, Deli was really shaping them. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. So, so you, you started up, Frog House was your, your surf shop. Yep. And, and then uh, through Frog House, I, I got to be a, a Volcom Grom, a Flow Grom. So you surf pretty good then? No, I, I think I talked pretty good. I had a mouth <laughs> on me. I, I honestly could barely stand up. I remember uh, getting like so-called sponsored. And I remember at that point I was in junior high. And I remember there's a bunch of guys that surfed way better than me that were pretty bitter that I was getting free clothes huh. from, from Volcom or sponsored, whatever well, you want to call it, you know? Yeah. And uh, How did it happen? They, they probably weren't hustling in the shop I, like I you think, were, I though. think that was the deal. Is yeah. I was a shop ground. Yeah. I think I had a mouth on me. Um, and then at the same time, too... It took a liking to you. I think they realized that, like, uh, I had a, like, was living down by the beach, and when they were going to have other groms come in to stay in town... Those Groms were not going to stay with like Troy Eckert and the yeah. Vulcan guys. So those guys were parting at the time. You know, they're, they're the, the real deal. Yeah. So it was like, hey, you're going to stay with Logan. Okay. You know? yeah. And then that's how I started meeting, you know, the Irons Brothers or Ozzy Wright. A lot of those guys my age is because when they were coming to town, yeah. they would just... So wait, you were like house. junior high, you said? Yeah. Wow. Junior high. And then when all the guys, a lot of guys started staying at my house, I think at that point it was getting close to like freshman year. Right here is like right at River Jetties, right across the, you know. Yeah, like, right, right across the street. Uh, my dad's a single parent, uh, so he was never there. There's no parental guidance, and I had four sisters. So there's just a load of chicks. <laughs> Holy shit. Everyone right wanted to hang out at your house there. Yeah, then. there was no floor space. Like, eventually, it wasn't just Vulcan guys staying there. It was like, every you know, Hawaiian, every, Jones yeah. and, and Jason Bogle and Dustin Barca and, you know, um, and they all, a lot of guys from Florida um, and then guys from Australia and. Wow, and and then that was kind of how it all came. It was just became like a came in like a clubhouse. Yeah, you know. And even when I go to school at that point, let's say freshman year, fuck, when I leave the house, the door would stay open. I could come home, and you know, some of the boys would just show up. Yeah, whether it's for a layover or whether it's for a few days, the place was just that's kind of been clubhouse. That's yeah. kind of rad, like yeah. to be able to get access or like you know. Yeah, I mean, the, be you know, become friends with all these freaking, but know, yeah, but it was future, future legends of our sports. Kind of crazy, and it was super without even knowing it, right? Yes, exactly, without even. You're, they were just surf groms, and yeah. you're, you know, like yeah. you didn't think of these superstars at the time. They were just yeah. like groms coming over and like hanging, and hey, we're gonna go to Lowers today. We're gonna go to Huntington, and but so so, like was when 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 you got approached and said, hey, you know, you're a funny kid or whatever, we want you to ride for Volcom. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, basically, I think they had a blueprint, and it was basically, I think they want to sponsor six kids from Ensign Junior High, because I think they had that mentality. You know, Wolcott had that blueprint already with Quicksilver, and it worked. We're going to go grab six kids, huh. because they're planting the seed, because they knew within two years, all six of those kids would be freshmen in high school. Yep. So, so they, they had it all strategized, you know? Wow. What I mean? So... If uh, this is true, that's pretty genius. No, no, it was 100% because believe well, me, that's I can barely stand up. I mean, <laughs> some of the other guys like Punker Pat or, you know, Makai McKenna or yeah. some of these other guys, like they could surf, yeah. you know, but they were all down at 54th Street. I was up at River Jetties and I was working in the Frog House. Yeah. 
So that's why I think I got the hall pass to be on the team. Yeah, you were valuable for, for and, your... other, and other reasons, you yeah. know. And then too with the pass, which you'll take, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, too, you know. I mean, I think it probably. And all those dudes it. that were pissed at you, you, you'd have your Volcom sticker and you have your Volcom clothes. And you'd be like, "Fuck off." Well, I think they wanted to come <laughs> hang out at the clubhouse too. Eventually, I mean, oh, I'm sure just, with four yeah. sisters. There's just lo- loads of chicks, and yeah, I'm sure the Volcom stone helped me get like a girlfriend or two. <laughs> yeah. You know? They threw a lot of awesome parties, that's for sure. Yeah, and then to witness, <laughs> and then, and then to witness all that, and to witness the movies and stuff, like it was just a special time. Yeah, and, and you know, to have a front row seat to it, um, you know, it's, it's all about timing, right? So being able to witness it was was a really cool experience. So how long did you like work at, you know, the Frog House and like hang out there? I think within like. So within like a year, so the, my first job at the Frog House actually was in the parking lot, which is the bottom of the totem pole, which is on the weekends, you sit in the parking lot for, from let's say eight in the morning till five in the evening. Make sure nobody <laughs> parks a, there. In a lawn chair and make sure nobody parks there to go to the beach. Are you serious? That's it. And that's, and that's where like... How much did you get paid? You're going to pay your dues. I think it was probably like a around... bar of wax and a sticker. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm thinking it was probably like 10 bucks, 12 bucks an hour cash. You wow! Know? Yeah, it wasn't bad, and uh, that's amazing. And, and actually, I mean, dude, I would just skate up and down the little curb, you, you know, yeah. that whole time. And I, yeah, TK made me sweep the parking lot, which uh, I don't think it needed to be sweeped because <laughs> Sam would be right back there like an hour later. Right. But it was for good measure. Yeah. And then you know your your grom abuse tolerance, fuck it, you know, uh, that s- got dished out. So you, you know. Or you or, were you sitting there watching all the other shop guys inside doing surf rotations too? They're oh, running yeah. out like every half hour at the board. I definitely didn't get a surf break. But the cool thing was is like as guys were coming to the shop, I was getting to meet everyone because yeah. I'm sitting in the parking lot. Yeah. So at the same time, like I'm kind of like networking and meeting guys yeah. without even trying and I'm getting paid to do it. Yeah. So, and for, for me, it was, it was pretty rad to yeah. like, uh, you know, like some network. people, yeah, network, like for me, I think I feel like I said, but I feel like kids when they got shit going on in the home front, family just got divorced, this and that. They want to feel like they're a part of something. So for me to feel a part of like the Frog House family and stuff, and then for me to feel like a part of Volcom, yeah, uh, was really cool. And just the whole surfing thing. It was a special time for me. I know my brothers and sisters were definitely not having as much fun with the divorce as yeah, as right. I, I was loving it. What what um? You guys had a big family. Yeah. What six, are you six? Are you in the in the range I'm a fourth of fourth kid out of fourth, six? Fourth of the six. Yeah, <laughs> four sisters and then one brother. So there's six of us total. Wow. Yeah. So uh, it, it's a good ratio. It's for a team girls. right there. So how long did you work at uh, Frogos? Yeah. So I started out in the parking lot, and within a year, I think at that point I was 15, and I was in the shop. I've been promoted. <laughs> but at the same time, too, TK let me be. The frog house team manager at 15. Wow. And so I basically started grabbing all my buddies from all the other surf, local surf shops and I put them all on the frog house. <laughs> and we're, and we're, you know, we're on a good one as yeah. far as like took all the kids from Surfside, took all, all the other shop grounds. And so frog house was flying the flag hard, you know? So, um, and then I think I stayed in the shop pretty much for like maybe until I was a junior or something. So, I don't know, I'd say four years or something total. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, I bet those were, were, were funny times, man. Uh, it sounds like you guys living at the beach, working at a surf shop. Right there, across the street from his house and the dude. beach. Yeah. You guys got in a lot of trouble. 
I mean, not as much as we should have, for sure. I think we got really lucky on, on that end. What is, what is that? Rizal has a tap that says, surf all day, party all night. That sounds like what you guys probably did. Yeah, especially with, like, being a Volkengram and that, that influence. Was yeah. Like, it, it wasn't, like, uh, it's a lot different than it was today. Yeah. Like, right now you see a lot of people being promoted to, like, you know, go down this path of, you know, uh, nutrition, coaching, and stuff like yeah. that. I can assure you, further complete thing opposite from what was going on there. Yeah, because yeah. the only thing we were we were getting learned out is like, okay, yeah, this is how you throw a rager. I yeah, mean, at my winter formal, you know, uh, the Volpen guys, like you know, Eckert and William, those guys, they got us a keg. Yeah, and our after party was at their place. So at Volcom, at Troy's house. Yeah, you oh know, my at, gosh. like Fifty Second Street. You know, Don't worry, so, you got you guys covered. Yeah. But, the good uh, old days. Yeah, yeah. Times <laughs> right? have changed. But, For sure. And then like a live we ride and all those movie premieres and stuff. It was, it was insane. Yeah. It was a sick time. Really, really raw. Yeah. It's just not how it is right now. No, no. You know? But like Wooly and, and Troy, I mean, they were not only like working full time, but they were at every event. They were everywhere. Oh, like, yeah. They were in the mix. Oh, yeah. Every you know, would, every show, every night event, every like they were. It was hands on. Hands yeah. on. It was hands on, which they were living, breathing you yeah. against establishment. Yeah, <laughs> for yeah. sure. Yeah, I think to the point where eventually, I think Willie's dad like sat him down and was like, "Hey, we you guys either start making some business power moves, or like you know, yeah, this, this, this isn't gonna grow. It's not gonna work." And yeah. I think that's when they put it in overdrive and really started like driving the, the, the business side of things yeah. but from a marketing standpoint like those guys planted the seed and uh, they killed it yeah so absolutely you, killed it yeah killed it ten, a few times um, did you like do a high school surf team or like any contests like uh, when you grew up yeah so I, it's funny I told this story on the other podcast but I did one in SSA one and, one <laughs> and, and I had uh, I had Bobby Martinez <laughs> in my heat and I had Peter Labrador James Labrador's oh. nephew. Yeah. Oh they God. both rode for Bill Wong at the time. I sat out the back and just enjoyed the show. Uh, and then I came in and I was like, dude, I, I'm definitely not going to He learned your pro, lesson? I'm not, definitely not going to be a pro surfer. I'm going to have to find another niche. Yeah. You know? And at that point, it seemed like being a TM was definitely more in my cards. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because I was taking care of the guys at my house when they come. Yeah. So I was like getting good at hosting and by the time I had a driver's license, I was definitely doing more airport runs than anybody. That's crazy. Uh, yep. And so you kind of just grew it, up. You got groomed into. Yeah, I didn't work into it. And believe me, like the Wolven guys weren't like, "Oh yeah, no, don't worry about it. We'll pick them up from the airport." It was like, "Hey, pick these guys up from the airport. We'll give you an extra six items." Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and then from there I started doing more airport runs. And you know, like when guys would fly in, uh, they would have another friend or two with them, so. You know, I remember meeting Jason Magdalenas and other Vulcan riders as I was doing airport runs. And then slowly it's just kind of expanding. I was meeting more people. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, that was so important, though, when you're a Grom and you don't can't, can't rent a car is just getting those rides to oh, yeah. and from. You know? Like, yeah. I, 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 was the, I was the Uber since <laughs> Before 1996. Uber. Before yeah. Uber was around, you were uh, already I probably did. got more airport runs under my belt than anyone. That's Pretty one thing much. I can try to claim. I still do <laughs> to this day. But, you know, 96, so... It's 24 years of it. So, so after, after Frog House, yeah, 
you were working for Volcom? Like no, no, no. But they were kind of grooming me, I think, to you know, to potentially maybe be an assistant for. Um, at that point, Troy had moved up to being a marketing director, and Mark Caffey was my team manager, and he was the coolest. Yeah. Uh, and he ripped. Yeah, he did. And um, and so at that point, that was kind of the path I was I was going without trying to. And um, after high school, I told my family, my dad, I was going to go up to City College in Santa Barbara, but I never went. I just moved up there to where I had a certain point break. <laughs> I remember in wintertime, after like March. Hey, Jackie, where's that uh, transcript script for the, the first semester? Oh, I remember. I mean, here's even a good one. Like, I went and bought the most expensive books I could find. And I had the receipt, and I, and I like turned him in, like, here, Pops, I, you know, can you help me with these? He's like, yeah, no worries. And as soon as like, I, I got it, the receipt turned in, I went back and returned every single book. And, and the money. Me, and they gave me the cash, you know? And, uh, Hustler. And then when winter was over, like in March, I drove home. I, I did the drive of shame. And I sat with Pops, and I told him, hey, I got something important to tell you. And I think he, he was thinking, like, oh, I got a DUI, or... I, I got arrested for selling weed or just something, you yeah. know. But instead, I'm like, hey, I'm not. I was not going to college. I was learning how to surf point breaks. <laughs> Santa Barbara. You literally moved to Santa Barbara. Yeah. To learn how to surf point breaks. Yeah. Well, because. And I mean, there's chicks up there. There is, you know, there's you probably had, You probably had a bunch of buddies going to school there's there. There's parties up yeah. there. I had a couple buddies that were moving up there, and I was like, hey, let's all pitch in and get this this rad pad and. You know what a diabolical plot, though, bro. Yeah, did you score that winner? Yeah, it was good. It was it was night night. It was El Nino. Sick. Did yeah, you there, did you work at all or just surfed? If selling weed counts as work, then that's what I do. I would drive here. <laughs> we I'd call pick, that a side hustle. Yeah, I pick up a load of weed. I'd bring it up there, and you know, the the the, uh, the profit margins were really good from Orange County to Santa Barbara. Yeah. <laughs> you know? College town. And then, yeah, so when I came home, I told him, and I, like. Okay, he's a really cool guy. I think he wants you to learn from experience. So he didn't grill me. He was just kind of like, well, what's your next play? Yeah. And then at that point, I ended up getting hired to be a team manager for that company, SMP. Oh, shit. Wow. And it was basically like babysitting guys like Troy Tecklenburg, Roy <laughs> Parker, and all these guys that were just nuts, you know? And, SMP. And then the company was Australian-based. Even though it started here, it got bought out by a guy in Australia. Okay. And... The first thing they did was like, hey, you got to make sure your passport's good. We're sending you to Australia for all the QS events. How did you hook up with these guys? Uh, actually, they offered me like a sponsorship, so to speak. And I think it was like a travel fund of like a grand a year or something like that. It was nothing. <laughs> and then, by the way, we need you to... But who, who hooked you up with them? Um, well, I think my buddies were all riding for them. Like Rory okay. Parker and Troy Tecklenburg and all these guys. Got it, got and, it. Um, and I think, too, their philosophy was they were coming into town from Australia. And at that time, Vulcan was the company. So yeah. I think they were kind of coming to look to take a few Vulcan groms. Right. To try to and get they that knew presence. that you were like the, the dude, the hub they knew in about Newport. The, they knew about the clubhouse. Yeah, For yeah. sure. You know, so definitely they, didn't, they definitely weren't grabbing me for my surfing. Yeah. I think they, want, I think they wanted yeah. hands on the clubhouse. Right. And they knew I was friends with... All the guys have been staying at my house, you know, and uh, so basically that was how it started. And then the team manager position opened up, and uh, I went I went for the job, got it, and the next thing you know, I'm in Australia. 
crazy for like a couple QSs, and I'm not in the QSs just for the record. But I went there to babysit everyone that was in the QS. That was your first time in yeah. Australia. Yeah, that was my first time. This is '99, wow. and then right off the plat bat, I, I met uh, Asher Pacey. Yeah, he's got and all the guys on S and P, and um, got to see Mick Fanning surf for the first time. And when I seen him surf, it was in Newcastle. I was like, oh shit, like this yeah. is gonna be trouble for Andy, because it was the first time I saw someone surf at that level of Andy. Actually, they had a quarterfinal heat together and Mick took out Andy. Wow. And um, it's only a four-star event, but you can see right there, brightest day, like, hey, these guys... Are way above everybody These else. guys are going to be racking yeah. up world titles between each other. Yeah. You know? And then and then I met Taj. I met all those guys. And probably a year later, 9-11 happened, um, and SMP went under. And at that point, I was like, hey, what am I going to do? And I, I, I kind of went to the whole Taylor Steele thing, like, fuck, my, all my friends are the gnarliest up-and-coming guys. Like, they're, they're on the verge, what I feel like is, like, taking over the game. Yeah. And you got guys like the Irons Brothers, the Hoggoods, um, and then to, like, lesser-known guys like Aaron Cormican, to, like, unknown guys like Asher Pacey, to Mick Fannings, to Taj. And I was like, dude, this is, this is yeah. it. All I got to do is learn how to fuck, turn the camera on. Not miss a wave. Focus, press the red <laughs> button. Make sure I got it, and when they kick out, press the red button again and hit me on, and, and that was it. I got a GS1, which is like, you know, I think it's like an $800 camera. So oh, yeah, at least. But they're, they were nice. At yeah, this, yeah, yeah. I think like people were making pornos with those GL1s and GL2s <laughs> at the time, you know? But, uh, and that was it. Just like, you jumped on the road, started getting on trips, and... So we're talking snapped. This is snapped. Okay. Yeah. Did you did you already visualize a name? You just knew, uh, hey, I just got to get a bunch of footage from all these guys and see how it works out. No, the name wasn't there. It was like throughout the process, and you know that like we're all. I mean, a lot of the guys at the clubhouse, we're we're all burning a lot, and um, take a snap. Take a snap. (laughs) I wouldn't know about that. Late night Larson would. Of course. And, and so, so, and then I was thinking about, you know, when you're surfing, you know, snap. one of the main moves is a snap. Yeah. You know, so I felt like, oh, this is perfect. And then two, to like snap on someone or to snap whatever, yeah. like it just had, it, it was, it was short, it was quick and, and it seemed like it had a, you know, a bang to it. Yeah. Had a snap to it. Had a snap to it. <laughs> you know, so we're like, that's it. I remember I was at Chronic Tacos and I seen the menu and I was just so stoned and I'm like, oh, snap <laughs> that's it right there and then that was it, it was over. E- like, even uh, rappers say snap oh snap yeah. I mean and, and it's cool too like there's snapchat like, the snap. <laughs> you know, you're I, ahead of your time relevant. bro yeah. Uh, yeah it's a name that doesn't go out of style and it's no. like, so you were, you were the one filmer did you did you have other guys yeah, come yeah, on board I, later yep I did uh uh Punk your past brother, uh, Chad Towersy, yep. OC and Sanus. Yeah. As, as most of Orange County knows him as. Uh, snapped? Had, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, snapped. So he, he had just graduated college and had a degree in like, I don't know, some type of video or something. I don't even know what it was because, like I said, I never went to college. So I don't even know. Yeah. I don't know Neither about we. that stuff. But uh, he was like, he didn't even like ask me, hey, can I be a part of this. He's like, hey, I'm going to be a part of this. You know? <laughs> and he just like straight on me. And I was yeah. like, at that point too, I was stoked because I needed help. I yeah. had to turn the camera on and off, but as far as I need someone <coughs> that was going to help me edit and I yeah. needed someone that was just going to listen to me. And still to this day, I work with guys and all I need them to do is just kind of follow what 
direction I'm giving and what I'm missing. I'm going to tell them what clip's going, what order, at what pace, to what song. And that's it. Yeah. And as long as they're not, like, second-guessing or, you know, no, no. I'm always up to hear their suggestions. Yeah. But at the end of the day, obviously, I've kind of gotten a vision of what I want to see. Yep. And, like, one thing I've been touching on is, like, you know, I was absolutely obsessed with surf movies growing up. Taylor Steele movies. Dude, we all were. Huge. And then, like, the Lost (laughs) movies, Vulcan movies. I mean, my roommates up at college, they wanted to kick me out because they were so sick of hearing, like, the magnaplasm. Uh, you know, soundtrack soundtrack and stuff like they were over it. like the guy still joke about it like, it's so funny you make surf movies you were just over the top obsessed we just wanted to move on to fucking deport you out of the that's house. what just, kind of it takes to be successful yeah. is having a one track mind sometimes yeah, yeah. so um, so I had help from him and, and he helped uh, <clears throat> he helped me in the editing room on one and two and he would help film what a trip OC Insta yeah that's a podcast for you guys in itself oh <laughs> Um, and, and, uh, yeah, so, so that was, so the first year we did snap one. So how did you, okay. Cause it takes money yeah. to do this. Yeah. What did you do? I mean, at the time, uh, we got sponsors. Okay. Vulcan came in and sponsored it. Awesome. We had a media deck that actually, like, I remember Rick, Ricky Irons at Surfer Magazine at the time when we went to him with the media deck, he's like, dude, this is the best media deck I've seen. I don't think Surf... Who put it together? Uh, me and Chad. No way. Yeah. And I remember me and uh, me and Chad were obviously like pretty complimented by the fact that... Somebody... I don't think people even like made media decks back then, but we had to. Yeah. To try to raise money. Yeah. And that, that was like, hey, we're going to travel these locations and, then, and we're going to film these surfers and, and this then, is... And then, and then spon- the distribution. We're yeah. going to distribute it in Japan, in Europe, in Australia, and all of it was bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it looked Take it till you make it? And, and yeah. 100%. We still yeah. do to this day. Yeah. We'll get into that later. But, but uh, yeah, it was basically like we got money, we got sponsors, and... Um, and it was fucking really cheap back then to travel. Yeah. And then well, you're talking about too after 9/11. So like, flights and airfare. Yeah. Were really cheap. Yeah. I mean, but it's it's well, still, you know, tough to get financing. Yeah. And, you know, it's 9/11. People are scared to do shit to yeah. do anything to you know. And that's so, and just knowing and, what the. And too, like I said, so I housed everyone at my house. So when I was going on the road. I would get to stay at all my buddies' houses. Yeah. So yeah. like the hotel thing, I never really was staying in a hotel. I was staying at buddies' houses and right. stuff like but that. But you would so, you probably go to Australia. The you know your crew, the guys that you're hanging with, are going to do the contest. But then you're in between the weeks of the contest, you're going up and down the coast somewhere. And yeah. Doing so a you, lot of free surf. You had a media deck. You took it to Ricky. We took it to Ricky. We took it to Wolcott. We took it to all them. They they all jumped on. That's freaking and, and amazing. And another thing we did is we put their competitors on the media deck. We said potential sponsors. So as soon as like. <laughs> seen Ruka on there he was like I want platinum exclusive he already I think to be honest at that point like they didn't want what Pat Tenori was about to bring yeah you know yeah he so, saw the writing yeah, on the wall yeah, and, yeah. They, yeah. Saw, they saw the writing on the wall and like you know, other, there's other cool stories about that like I remember the first time Trekker saw Ruka I'm like where the RVCA he's like oh what's that Riverside California and <laughs> right? he's heckled me you know and I was just like all right, well, we're going to see what pans out here. Yeah. <laughs> As Troy was like a mentor to me. Yeah. Up, you know, but <clears throat> when I met Pat, then that definitely changed because I think Pat had such a broader, bigger vision than like a board writing company. Yeah, yeah. for Pat sure. Pat came 
after I reached out too, and Pat came to me with the whole Ruka thing, I looked at it and was like, dude, this is amazing next level yeah you know this isn't surf skate snow dude <clears throat> yeah this, this is, is the art this is mma this is all stuff before mma was cool yeah you know and i was just like this is a ticket i watched what happened with volcom and i can see firsthand yeah. with pat's blueprint yeah that, like, this is the next big he's all it might it might take us longer <laughs> than a normal okay. brand to be at the top of the food chain but i we're gonna do it across yeah you know multi you know and kind of subcultures and yeah. eventually you know like volcom had three avenues surf skate snow yeah you know ruka was gonna come out with you know six freeways where it was just like all these different avenues of different stuff and it was open to everybody so like you open that to everyone that means you open your sales to everyone and, yeah um you just got a broader spectrum to, a broader spectrum and more relevance in different yeah. cultures yeah but stuff he was into and stuff his friends were into and that was authentic you know, authentic, yeah. authentic yeah yeah, yeah. And, and so during one andy won his first world title randomly wow so so it's kind of like the quarterback of the you know in a sense of like okay you know taylor had kelly i felt like we had andy okay you know and then next year we decided to do two andy won again so it was like okay our crew this you know yeah we're on. Yeah. Like yeah. anyone. We you're were you're riding the yeah. coattails yeah, of, of like all the energy and everything in the industry right there. Right yeah, it's like it's funny. I, I never even thought of that. Like it's it's a it's almost like a team. Yeah. yeah. Right. That yeah. team. That team. Because even kind of, like lost and but, voluptuous. But, but and, that that yeah. I was just gonna go back to that where you know the momentum generations was a clean cut. You know Slater. Yeah. You know Dorian. You know Ross and all that. And then you know Lost was that kind of like edgier, like punk rock, like San Clemente crew. But they also had you know Hawaiians and Floridas, like the Lopez. You know they had a pretty eclectic mix. Yeah. That were you know they're all forging their way into the world tour and and. Which is killing. exactly like what like what you're saying right then. Like that's exactly kind of what I envisioned. I always wanted my movies to be. Taylor Steel platform as far as section base, but obviously with the rawness of what the Lost Guys did. Yeah. yeah I thought that my group of guys as far as like the, the Irons Brothers and Wardo and these guys were tapped. Dude. Yeah. These guys were these guys would send it at night and then they, they would crush everyone the next morning in the water. Yeah. They were gnarly. Yeah. And but so, nobody was late night. No, but, <laughs> no. Nobody crushed her like late hey, night. Late Come night on. was in the momentum generation and loss. And oh, the, yeah. yeah. You ticked all the boxes. You ticked all the boxes. I'm like, how do I do Which both? is really, you know. They don't, you know, the yeah. name doesn't stick for a reason. God, why didn't you social media out back then, man? So man, speaking of names, Chucky, what's, yeah. what's so, that Where'd the nickname okay, come from? Okay, this is again, it goes back to a surf Where? movie. To the Lost movie. Jason Kenworthy. Who, who did Voluptuous and yeah. Yeah, Snapping Turtle. Yeah. Then he, he did stuff with Lost. He's at Lowers and he's filming this tweaker skinny guy named uh, Vince. <laughs> I know Vince. I sold Vince the, a fucking board. The, the little skinny guy? <laughs> yeah. Think, he came in with his mom's credit yes. card that day, huh? With his mom. With his mom. Okay, they're, yeah, from, yeah. they're from uh, Sun City. Okay, yeah. So he keeps yelling at the guy to, and Corey Lopez is on the beach and he keeps yelling at the guy Go back out. Do a 360, Chuck. Do a 360, Chuck. So he keeps roasting the guy, and the guy's tweaking on the beach and telling him, you know, how stoked he is. So I kept, I started calling people Chuck because of the 360 Chuck. And then it just completely 360 on me, and everyone started calling me 
Chuck. Chuck. So everyone thinks it's from the movie Chucky, which is fine. Like, we'll take it. Like, yeah, I'll be your friend till the end. I'm Chucky. Want to play? because it, it, could, it could flip on you yeah. real quick. Come uh, back to haunt you. And eventually, people don't even know my real name. Yeah. They yeah. tell me, like, Logan. Like, I remember, like, went on a trip with Kobe Albert and these guys, and he only knew me as Chuck the whole trip. <laughs> so he's telling his buddies, like, oh, I met your mate, Chucky. You know, they're like, his name's not Chucky, it's Logan. You know, and they got into it about it. And, uh, that's what's awesome. So, yeah, so then one and, one and two... Uh, you know, they did, did you good. make money on these movies? Yeah, they actually sold really good at the time, considering. And like, it's funny. Um, Taylor Steele was doing his own distribution, and he had hit us up, or someone poor from specimen. poor specimen, someone from poor specimen, had hit us up okay. to see if we wanted them to distribute our movie. But that was one thing with like my relationships with Volcom and those guys. Is I tapped into Volcom's <clears throat> rep team. Like Dagwood was selling our movies here, and I found distributors in Japan, in Australia, in Europe. And we were selling, I mean, yeah, at the time, I think we might have sold, like, close to 50 grand in DVDs. That's so They were crazy. selling really good. Like, dude, I think we did, you know, probably four or five reorders as far as we'd order a batch that sell out. We ordered another batch, and it, it went on yeah. for a while. And then, and then we jumped straight into Snap 2. And so there was money in the bank when it was done, as far as when Pat and Conan came to me about the Ruka thing. Okay, so... After Snap, Snap 2. Snap 2. Yep, this is now, okay. this is like 2003, 2004. Okay. Okay, and when they came to me uh, and they asked me about it, there was money in the Snap account, and it was it was doing good, but uh, I could tell that, like, competition at that point for independent service, that's like the crazy thing about then till now. Yeah. It's like, do we... we if we went back in time, there was you making movies. There was me making movies, and there was about 15 other... Bill Ballard. Bill, I was just going to say yeah. Billy Goat. Okay, so Bill got, Ballard, yeah. Billy Goat, Bill Ballard. You got Josh Palmer and The Kill. The yeah. Kill. Okay, you got... Progression. You got, What's that one dude's name? The Japanese dude? What? Naki? No. Uh, it was called What? Oh, yeah. The West from Ventura. We yeah. had uh, Timmy Kern in it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what? And what next? What next? What? Yeah, the what dude. Next? Yeah, he's a Japanese yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's his videos. Yeah, I was in all too. those too. Okay, so then there's the lost. I gotta find movie, those. There's the lost movies. There was the Vulcan movies. Uh, you had Matty Jai, who was like Australia's version of Taylor Steele. He made montage and sabotage in okay. three degrees. Damn. You know, you had Jack McCoy. Yeah. Um, I mean, dude, there was a load. So competition was fierce, and we were just, you know, it was just a grump. And so it was just you and yeah, OC. Yeah, and then his OC. <laughs> and so, and so uh, you know, it's just like, okay, this, this is not, I don't think, going to pan out to something lucrative on a financial standpoint. Yeah. And I think I was getting to that place where uh, I saw if I could play like a Troy Eckert for Pat Tenori and, and Ruka, yeah. I thought that that was definitely going to be my future. And, and I mean, dude, I think I was, I was smart and I was right to put the, give up the movie thing, take the position with Ruka. But you were probably also like first time around the block, meaning the first like movie going around was like, everything's new and fresh and killer. And then at the end of the day, you're like, wow, do that again. It's kind of a lot of work. And then you load on all that competition and stuff. Yeah. It probably starts kind of like, this is more hard. This is harder than it, it probably for sure, was. For sure. And too, it was like. 
the demand for Andy from 2001 when we started to we're talking 2004 and he right. had racked up basically at that point he's on his way to racking up three world titles the demand to work with Andy was out the door as far as like Andy was spoken for yeah for Billabong but when I started making Snap 1 when you look at the clips of Snap 1 there's clips of Andy with MCD on his board or no logo you know once the world title came and Billabong came and all that like to try booking Andy on a trip after yeah. he... Even if you're his homie. Time. Yeah, even if you're his homie. It's like, dude, yeah. I'm not paying him. Yeah. yeah. And then Bruce was like flavor of the of the decade as far as even though Andy was winning tight world titles, Bruce was even in more demand. Yeah, because yeah, you know? that, that was his main focus. Yeah. He, you know, contest came second. He was the photo so, video guy. So uh, it, it just became, <clears throat> like competition was just fierce. All the guys that were in the movie, Mick Fanning and these guys, like their demand went went way up yeah. from when I had Surfing was as a, in its high point. Big time. And and that the video space was getting tougher and tougher because yeah. it it was saturated. Yeah. And then But and you and you mm-hmm. Pat and Conan came to you and said, Hey, we want you to run our marketing? Uh, surf marketing. Surf marketing. Surf marketing. And then that eventually kinda grew because uh, I was just kind of so infatuated with all the characters that Pat had up there. And we didn't have a lot of employees, as Jay knows. There was none. Like, some of the yeah. employees weren't even getting paid yet. Yeah. Was, yeah. You know? So Jay was kind of doing what you were doing before? Jay was planned or scheduled to do that. But I yeah. think, what, in the first few weeks, you had you just gotten smart and decided, dude, I'm going to rep because reps are going to see their money faster <laughs> than a, a, a TM. And a, in and this a, case, though, no. I beg to differ. Yeah, what, and, and, I, didn't, and, I didn't see any money for a long time. What, what, and, too, I think Jay knew the team, like the yeah. CJ Canujans and these guys, like, it was a bad news bear setup. Like, <laughs> I, I, I think when I started financing the team is when I knew it was yeah. probably not smart. Or when Conan <laughs> tapped out my miles on United <laughs> and American uh, Airlines, um, I think that was the time to get out. Yeah, so I mean, that was another, yeah. It's, it's, it's That's a whole other side conversation. But So I was, I'd use my credit card. We didn't have company credit cards no. really right. back then. Right. I'd use my personal credit card. And I would get reimbursed, and I did get reimbursed every time. But but still, at the end of the day, it was it was something that I think you needed to be there for more than the money. Yeah. And um, but, yeah, Laura. But the the girl. No, I needed money. <laughs> I had a wife and a daughter. <laughs> yes, yeah, I didn't have a wife. I didn't have a daughter. And a mortgage payment. Uh, hey. Side note. The day so I worked at Huntington Servants Bank, uh-huh. and the day that I got my offer letter to leave. To go to DVS, uh-huh. Conan called me and said, "Hey, we want you to be the rep for Orange County for Ruka." And we, I remember that day. We were walking up from Southside, like up to the parking lot. He's like, "Hey, should I take that job?" And I'm like, "Not unless you don't want to make any money so, for a long time." So he's like, "Bro, you live at my house, yeah, you know, because I was living with him." Yeah. And he's like, "You're not going to be able to afford this. Like, yeah. you're not going to get paid for months." Yeah. And yeah, was, you might. Was- you know, you yeah. might go bankrupt. You it never was, know. It was pro bono. Yeah. 100%. I, I tell everybody it was an internship. Yeah. But again, you know, the thing was compared to the surf thing, it, it was it was definitely, I don't call it lucrative because that would be an overstatement. But as far as like, I would Experience. get, I would get, I'd get reimbursed. Now, when I was making the movies, yeah. I wasn't turning those receipts into anybody. Right. Yeah. So right. to be traveling with the team and then getting reimbursed by... 
Ruka and, and, and Pat and them, like that was still a step in the right direction. Right. Yeah. You know? And then yeah. too, things got better and the paychecks did start coming in. Yeah. You know, and then at the Well same the economy time, started and the and the brand was starting to go. Yeah, exactly. And like the the years between two thousand two to like two thousand eight all the way to two thousand eight, fuck man. It was crazy. That was crazy. So how long was that stint with Ruka? Uh, with Ruka I don't, it's, it's hard to say to be honest because I worked there three different times I came and went came and went okay. came and went it was like a girlfriend yeah. you know what I mean like yeah, you yeah, break yeah. up you get back together you break up you True. get back together didn't Bobby Tang leave and he's now he's back he's back actually I just told someone <laughs> is he back again yeah yeah That's I just told I someone I'm like you know, oh I, think, I think Bobby just dethroned me as far as like I think I had the most back and forth everybody jumping into the freaking weed business and CBD business it's like oh yeah, yeah. we love you Bobby Tang Bobby's back in the, Black Bobby. Bobby's back in the building um, so it's hard to say, but I know it was this. I know it started around 2003, 2004, and my last stint was 2011. Okay. So that's, you know, back and forth over a radius of basically seven to eight years. Yeah. Um, so that the first run. Yeah. Um, how long were you there the for? The first run was definitely like three to four years. Okay. And... And, and you I, ran global. Well, I mean, no, I wouldn't say that was my title, but but at the end of the day, I became like very close with Pat as far as like I was so intrigued with like BJ Penn or Vitor Belfort or Mickey Avalon, whoever he had in town. Like, uh, you know, if Pat needed me to pick him up from the airport, even his mom, you know, whatever he needed, I was I was kind of there to yeah to help. It didn't matter if it was surf or not, you know, because I wanted to meet people outside yeah. of surf. To me, it was intriguing. Um, and so, mm-hmm. at that point, too, this is kind of how it started with the whole Mickey Avalon thing. I met Mickey through Ruka and through Pat. Yep. And long story short is, uh, we brought him to a lot of surf events with us. The goal was to kind of keep him out of L.A. and keep him off of dope. So we brought him on all the QS events with us. <laughs> and at the same time, when we're bringing him on the QSs, we're kind of marketing him around all these surfers without trying. Yeah. You know, like I remember being in Florida. He doesn't surf though, did he? Oh, hell no. He yeah. barely could swim. He could <laughs> drown yeah. a few times. Uh, he could party and he could rap and he could sing. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's pretty big. He I mean, was pretty big. Yeah. You know, I don't, it's not where, by any means, where it was then. Because another thing too is like how the MySpace thing was going on at the time. And Mickey was MySpace's first artist. Wow. So remember, like, imagine if you're getting promoted by Instagram, like actual in- yeah, Instagram, yeah. like a lot of people are going to see you. Yeah. You know, and MySpace was that first social media platform. Right? That turned pretty quick to music. Blowing, and they're blowing Mickey up. And Pat had already kind of visualized, hey, this crazy little white rapper dude from L.A. is going to be big. And he was on point. And, wow. And it started happening, you know, and that Jane Fonda song came on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was on K-Rock. And his stock started going up. Now his problem obviously was like his his heroin habit. And Pat and all of us wanted to try and help keep him off of heroin. So Pat's whole strategy was like, oh, let's send him with the surf team. Yeah. <laughs> the QSs and stuff. So we brought him on. But it worked both us. it worked both ways, yeah. you know. It kind of really highlighted like our kind of small time crew yeah. compared to what, you know, all the other oh. big brands are, but that's what was cool about Ruka. You had that yeah, you that know, mix. That, that, the diversity. You yeah. Know? And like, what other surf team was showing up with some skinny white little Jewish rapper that's, <laughs> yeah. you know, trying to stay off heroin? Not many. Yeah. And so we And then out. he's fucking bigger than life. And then these songs coming out, and yeah. next you know, it's like a pretty rad look for the surf team. For sure. You know? And then before you know it, 
all these guys want to use his songs to their, their videos. And like Annie and Bruce and all these guys, they fucking were obsessed with him. Because here's a guy, he didn't surf, but to he was one fun to party other, with. To one or the other, he was crazier than them. Yeah. And they loved it. <laughs> Something they could relate to. <laughs> they could relate to and then some, you know, yeah. like yeah. almost like I don't say looked up to him, but they were definitely They want to hang with him. They were intrigued. They yeah. were intrigued for death, sure. You know, and then so next thing you know, like Mickey stock outside of like mainstream K Rock and all that stuff, like he had like this kind of I would say cult following in the surf thing. Yeah. You know, and too at the same time he's sponsored by Ruka, which is then at that point becoming like the biggest up and coming brand. Yeah. You know, so he had a, and they had MySpace backing him. And then he had like the Irons brothers backing him and you know. Um, so at that point that's when we kinda came up with this concept. I said, Hey, why don't we have Mickey perform during the Pipe Masters for the Triple Crown? Wow. In Hawaii. And Pat loved the idea and Pat took that idea and was like, Okay, I'm gonna send out these artists. BJ Penn and all these guys, and this we're gonna make a circus out of this thing. So wait, let me backtrack real quick. So that was your idea? What the, the concert? Yeah, the concert was my idea. Yeah, and then Pat, Pat, <laughs> he wanted to make yeah, it more spice to oh, it. Yeah, way bigger. Like he took my little, he took he took that little idea and he and he made it way bigger by like bringing in, you know, because if you just had Mickey Allen concert, it's cool. But when you bring in BJ Penn, who at the time was like the UFC champ, yeah, yeah. you know, and then all these gnarly graffiti all artists, under the, skaters, the Ruka umbrella, the and that was kind of like the, the pre- first Ruka Aloha without the title. That yeah. year was called the Mickey Don't Surf Tour. Yeah, but I think and what year was that? that? This was in I want to say two thousand six or seven. Wow. Probably. Yep, and that was it. Oh, I mean, no. it was a melee. Yeah, it was crazy. It was a full blown circus, and and that was the first ever Ruka event during the. Hawaiian triple yeah, crown, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, Volcom was owning the scene over in the crushing the, it uh, yeah. over in Hawaii, and, and, and then that was, I think, the start of when, like, even not just in Orange County, but over in Hawaii, I think that was the part of like Pat dethroning Volcom. Yeah. You know, because I can tell you that night, everybody was at the concert. Volcom guys, Kelly, the Irons, everybody, yeah. DJ Penn, everyone. I was, yeah. I was like baffled. Oh, these other companies are showing up. Like, yeah. this is a big deal. It was completely sold out. Yeah. And it was nuts. But it's huge. But, but when they were doing, like, surf... God, I wish I could have went to that. But when they were doing, like, surf <laughs> team signings, like, a lot of times BJ would be there or yeah, Mickey. Yeah. Or they'd be there to sign in, like, next to the surfers and, yeah. and stuff. And that was all Pat. Like, as yeah. far as, like, Pat had that vision of... You know, if Just because it's a surf signing doesn't mean it needs to be all surf. Needs yeah. this to be about Ruka. So, so, yeah. so when like you have the surfers show up and then in Hawaii you have BJ Penn show up. Yeah, huge. Dude, that shopping mall was filled. The Blue Hawaii, I remember, was a big account for us back yeah. in the day. And like I remember, like dude, there was a line, you know, out the mall. And he gets. He was, gets. I don't think it was to meet our surf team because again, our surf team was like. It was the whole package. I think our surf team was pretty like B grade, you know, A minus at the best. There was yeah, no yeah. CT surfers. There was nothing, yeah. you know. But well, Larson was on that. But yeah, we get you. We get we. Larson was double dip, and he was, <laughs> he was the rep that would rip. He was, the, you know, Yeoman's, Yeoman's had nothing. Yeoman's got it now. Yeoman's got that title now. Yeoman's I guess. took yeah. your blueprint and he's running with it. You know, <laughs> but. So but hey, you had that idea though—the yeah. original. The, hey, the let's having, throw a, having, a concert with with Mickey Avalon. Throwing a concert with Mickey Avalon during the waiting period of the Triple Crown. Was, Genius was was my thought, and then once we saw this high five. Yeah, kind of until you hear the rest of the story, and then it, it takes a turn <laughs> for a darker chapter. But at that point, we realized, oh, let's do this during the U.S. Open. 
good to just open it. And the next thing you know, I'm like, oh, fuck it. We got some here. Because at that point, too, Mickey's stock had gone way up. And uh, ticket prices and everything had also gone up. And at the same time, uh, there was a new employee at Ruka. She had a global marketing uh, dir- director position. Uh, her name was Sky. Sky, right? I know. And she came in swinging, flexing, and I couldn't handle. And at that time, I was like, "All right, I think this is it for me. I just can't like I can't have someone that doesn't that doesn't Let surf, me, yeah, come in and talk to me about surf, yeah." You know, and I can't have someone that doesn't know anyone here come in and say, hey, I want your Rolodex. I yeah. want all these people that, you know, I want their phone numbers and stuff. And I was just like, at that point. Every company makes this mistake. Yeah. F, no. Yeah. And yeah. I think, you know, I think Patton had an idea. Like, he needed her for other aspects, for licensee deals and stuff, for a bigger play. You know, and but, I just but, said, I but, but her, her role should have been, you know embracing what you're already doing and letting you run with it versus coming in and yeah so we just I mean basically the bottom line is we butted heads how long was she there for not that long not that long and that's what he told me he's like dude don't go anywhere hang out yeah she's not gonna be here for a while like she's just hang out but I couldn't that's the problem that I think a lot of companies in general but surf surf companies especially because we're so connected we know and we've seen. Well, I can say this: like I, it would have been in my best interest to stay because yeah. I was getting well taken care of. I was getting well paid. I had a very high up position, and I didn't. And like I said, Ruka still went on and blew up with yeah. or without me. You yeah. know what I mean? And I ended up going back later, but I went on. Then after I left Ruka, and it was on good terms with Pat. And um, at that point, I started doing these concerts with Mickey Avalon. Wow! It was basically like booking, this, booking stuff. And the CT events, I'd get the CT schedule, and I'd be like, "Oh, okay, Australia's in March. We're going to Australia in March with Mickey Avalon." So, so you leave Ruka. Yeah. You're good friends with Mickey Avalon. Yeah. And you, and you say to Mickey, or does Mickey say to you? No, we both we both. Kind you're of like, knew. fuck, I'm I'm gonna work with you. Yeah, and at the same time, it was like Ruka was still gonna sponsor yeah. the events. They're still gonna be involved. Yeah. So it wasn't like I was outing. Yeah, you were you were still so you, involved on the Ruka side, but you were you created a position. Yeah, and I was like, dude. So basically, our first one independently. Hold on a second. Yeah. He he obviously had a tour promoter. No. 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 He never did. No, because you're talking about. Globally, like you're talking about outside of America, he had a booking agent, and to go try new networks, I mean, to, to, to go try you know different regions, that that was foreign. Not no, no one had done that yet. Yeah. But Ruka, the Ruka came out in Australia with a Mickey Avalon concert, and I had heard. I didn't go to that one, but I had heard what a big success it was, and it was because I think Noodles or someone. Got Mickey Avalon's single on Triple J, which is basically K Rock, and there's no other radio stations yeah. in Australia. It's one radio station. If you're on, even to this day, if you're on Triple J, you're selling out. It's huge. <laughs> it's a one stop shop. That's it. And so he was on Triple J. Jane Fonda, I think, was top 10. So it would mean like there was a high. So I knew already, like, hey, we go to Australia, it's we're on. We're going to Australia, it's yeah. on. So yeah. we go. We go to Australia, and I'm asking everyone, "Hey, what are ticket prices? What do we what do we do this at?" Because remember, it's foreign. They say, "Oh, for foreign acts, people from America, fifty dollars." I said, fifty dollars." At that time, it was like that's like seventy dollars U.S. Yeah. For a Mickey Avalon ticket, like, dude, that sounds like a lot. They're like, "No, trust us." I said, and in Australia, it's different here. Here, you have to pay for venues, venue hires. 
it's a lot, you know, 10, 15 grand, let's say, for to the, rent a, to rent for a venue. For, yeah, for the observatory. Yeah. Over there, you get the venue, you get ticket sales, and the venue keeps the alcohol money. That's wow. it. So you're getting a, ven- a killer venue like the OC Observatory yeah. for free. Wow. Yeah. So it was like $70 tickets and a free venue. And I was just looking at the math going, dude, if we crush two shows, the Gold Coast during Snapper, and then we go to Sydney, because, you know, Sydney's like LA or yeah. the capital. If we crush two shows, you know, Australian, $50 tickets, it's like we're going to have 100 grand. Dude. In two nights, in one weekend, <laughs> you know. And if Mickey and I are split it, that means like in one weekend, Mickey's walking with fifty, and I'm walking with fifty. <laughs> and fifty grand at that point was, I would say, generally close to what my Ruka salary was or whatever. So I was thinking, dude, for a weekend, for a weekend. Yeah, if I could do no, that times ten. If I can do that a couple times a year, like yeah. you know, I'm making five times what what I was ever making on a full time job. The only problem. How is, many Australian stops are there too? Well, originally there was two. Eventually, they did Wes. I, w- I would do five stops. Right. I would do five stops. At least, at least five, and, right? And, I mean, and eventually, Australia became the bread and butter. As far as I would focus on the Australia tour for six, nine months out. Australia, like we killed it in Australia. I was pretty much like set here for the rest of the year because you do five of those. Yeah. You know, you're, you're looking at six figures. Yeah. You know, walking away. Yeah, and, and not was, to mention like if you did it. A couple stops in California, a couple stops in New York, a well, couple yeah, like stops in Florida. The U.S. Open, you know, I mean, Wednesday night at the U.S. Open, Wednesday night at the Grove of Anaheim, they said it was like the the biggest turnout they'd ever had on a Wednesday night. Because Wednesday nights, you don't... Yeah, that's a hard night, a hard to, night yeah. to throw. Yeah, it's party. usually corporate stuff during the week, and then they might get, you yeah, know, some so, so we had that like a recipe, so it was like, dude, we were making loads of money. Was still like having the support of Ruka. I had like that Von Zipper company yeah. was paying like thirty to fifty grand in sponsorship money. So that money alone would cover all the overhead. So we were in the profit before we even got on the plane. Oh my god! So the money was rolling in. It was really good. But at the same time too, I had basically it gone from everything surf related growing up to now you're on kind of like vampire hours as yeah. far as everything's late night. Late yeah, night. yeah. No pun intended, Jay. No pun. But, but uh, so I'm not surfing as much anymore, and yeah. I'm like on tour and, and starting uh, to go to the dark side. It's going to the dark side, and then I started dabbling with uh, opiates with oxycotton, and then I'm and to me in my head I'm thinking, dude, I'm making all this money, I'm killing it. Yeah. But I didn't realize my bank account might be saying one thing, but my quality of life and where I was going physically and yeah. mentally. And you weren't married, you were I singles. was married, and I was about to have my first kid. Ooh, okay. And my wife's bipolar, and, and battles with severe depression, and they took her off all her meds during the pregnancy. And uh, it was really, really gnarly. So it's either like, at the home front, I'm dealing with that, and then on the work front, I'm working with Mickey Avalon, who his habit at the time started going to a really, really gnarly place. It's yeah. like, get him to the Greek shit. Like, yeah. You know, dark. Uh, so for me, I kind of knew at that point, if I, as long as I keep fucking whacking these pills, I'm going to feel good. <laughs> you know, and my bank account looks good, so I must be doing good. I didn't, but, the, you know, the one thing I just realized, I'm so disattached from surfing. Yeah. You know, but it's all good because I'm making money. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And You're traveling the world. Traveling, and, and all the surfers are stoked on Mickey Avalon, and, you know, so uh, it just it kept going that direction. And just like, any any story 
it's great in the beginning, you're killing it, but eventually it catches up to you. You know, the wheels fall off, and then Mickey's not capitalizing on his opportunities. I mean, he was signed by Jimmy Ivey and Interscope. Yeah. He had Dr. Luke Gottwald as his producer for his album, which was Katy Perry and Kesha at the time. Um, so, like, the, the world, He was on the verge. He was on the verge, dude. If it was the Mickey Avalon now, with that opportunity, he would capitalize on it, but he wasn't. And, you know, we're, we're all messed up, and he obviously, uh, you know, kind of that was his calling as far as you only get one chance with Jimmy Iveen Interscope and a producer as big as Dr. Luke. Yeah. And um, so. Just the wheels started coming off. He's going to a bad place. I was going to a bad place. The money was still kind of coming in pretty good. But eventually, you know, it it just got dark and it got to the point where shit started getting scary traveling. How how many shows a year were you guys doing? I ended up starting doing the tour manager stuff too. Yeah. So I would get paid per night to manage Mickey on events that weren't mine. So now I'm in like Memphis and Mm. Texas and... Arkansas, yeah. <laughs> this place is on a tour bus, dude. Like armpits of America. Yeah, it was gnarly. I'm getting paid a couple hundred dollars a night, but you know, if you got paid four hundred dollars a night, and you're doing six shows that week or five shows, it's still two grand a week or yeah. whatever on the side, and that's aside from my shows that I would make the, the money on. You know? Yeah. Um, How long did you do that? For? This went on for I want to say like four years. Wow. Close, yeah, four, four four years close to. Um, I mean, around that not to dig too deep but when did you start using hard yeah uh, right into no, it no, or no, like no no not right slowly, into it slowly slowly yeah, fell like, into the abyss like, yeah, one party I, night turned into another party night yeah, like, like one time turns into a weekend and then the, it, it next goes week weekends and then it goes to you know a couple of days on the weekdays and the next thing you know it, if you're not using you're getting dope sick and then it's just a full vortex, yeah. you know? And before you know it, you're hooked. And um, I, opiate addiction is just so gnarly on that standpoint of like, uh, that's why the odds of getting off it and staying off it are so slim, you know? I think, you know, it's like a four or 5% success rate. Yeah. Um, and at the same point too, a lot of my buddies and a lot of guys are, are hooked, surfers, everyone. Um, and then, you know, at the same time too, Andy died. So it's like th- th- this whole party and this everyone winning and killing it and being on top of the world, like it was coming to a halt fast. Yeah, yeah. you knew it wasn't going to last. Yeah, you just knew. And, your uh, body, your you mind, did it. your everything could only last it, in that it, environment so long. Yeah, and it just, you know, it started getting depressing. Like, you know, Andy was like fucking a hero. He's like, you know would say like a LeBron or Kobe you know of our modern day or whatever Annie is a good friend of mine dude. yeah um, to see him gone and stuff and you're like dude if it killed Superman which Annie was like a Superman and I was like fuck this is gonna fucking kill me too yeah um, and it, it just got dark and uh, I stopped doing the Mickey Avalon thing because shit on the road was just so gnarly yeah like, uh, and so easily accessible right well, I mean it depends like dude you go to other countries and and, and shit's getting smuggled and, you know, guys are getting pulled in the rooms and interrogated and, and, and stuff. And then... You've you know, seen that. Yeah. I mean, I experienced it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and then, like, somehow everyone gets through customs and then one of the guys on tour with us is like, I hope my package makes it to the hotel. And then we're sitting there going, you mailed a package of fucking dope into 
Australia or another country. Like, dude, we're going to be locked up abroad. Yeah. And that was kind of it for me. That was the last one as far as like, yeah. I said, if, dude, if I get back to America on this one, yeah, I'm never doing this again. I don't care how much money's involved. I had a kid at the time and yeah. it's just like, you know, with Mickey, what he'd do is like, dude, he'd risk stuff on his own. If he got caught, he was going down. Yeah. You know, but when people started mailing packages to our hotels, and we Did. still don't know what name, it was probably under my name because yeah. I was the tour manager. Yeah. The hotel rooms were booked under my name. So Whew. I just remember going, dude, if I get back to the States, I'm never, ever, ever doing this so again. So you did this for four fucking years. Yeah. And I got a newborn and stuff and a bipolar wife. So I was just I was just breaking, yeah. uh, you know, internally. And I am, I quit surfing. Dude, quit I surfing. I, which is the hugest part, you know, because... Now I've learned, like, when I've got stressful stuff, I don't care what it is. I'm taking 20 minutes out of my day, and I go and jump in the water. Just like people go to AA meetings or whatnot. For me, that's my meeting. That's yeah. my recovery. Um, so, basically, before I know it, you know, I'm, I, I end up in rehab. And because I wanted to go. Yeah. You know? And I just learned bad shit in rehab. It was a gnarly experience. And then, a couple <laughs> months later, I end up back in another rehab. And this goes on for... Is it was it your choice or did you did you guys did your family no. and like close friends like no, all the inter- they, intervention they, like no 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 intervention everybody's just they, like they, no no intervention people are wondering like dude what's wrong with you why are you so skinny why you don't surf anymore you know why are you such a recluse you know like, you're not the same person and eventually I just I like went to my wife and just said hey look I got something to tell you like I am hooked and strung out on oxycontin you know I need to go I need to get help so I tried once tried twice tried a third time and it wasn't given like I would last a little bit but eventually at that point my daughter is like four almost five and I just knew okay if I don't pull my shit together I'm not going to be in my daughter's life because I refuse to like have her be surrounded by this yeah in a year or two she's going to be at kindergarten at elementary school with a lot of parents that I grew up with and I'm going to be what like that strung out dad that's like coming in between rehab stints like no kids are a good motivator i mean wives kids family i mean but man that's got to be a wake-up call for sure yeah Yeah. and that's awesome that you recognized and recognized it and are strong enough to like love your daughter that much to like yeah give it up to two of them too at that point i had two daughters and I got um, two daughters too. Yeah, it's, it's like, that'll be the death and, of us. And, and he didn't even smoke weed either. <laughs> oh, it's good for you. Maybe they will for you later on. Uh, but uh, it, yeah, it was it was definitely to the point where I was like, dude, I need to pull my shit together. I need to pull out of their lives. And uh, I was like, and my brother was a drug alcohol counselor. What? Got, and yeah, and he got his life together through AA. So they were pressing me really hard on the AA thing. Yeah. You know, you got to do 90 meetings in 90 days. You got to do this. And uh, it just wasn't clicking for me. I was doing like reverse psychology. I felt like I was going to a worse place. And then I, I was Just like, too, too extreme instead of just like kind well, of... Well, they're like, you know, I don't want to say... Because I think if, if I were to tell anyone, that if you want to get clean, go to those meetings. Or at least try it. Give it a shot. Because yeah. I did, you know. Uh, like, the odds are in your favor over there. Yeah. But for me personally, it just wasn't clicking. And I knew I, instead of like reprogramming or, or resetting my thought process, I kind of had to go back to the drawing boards and go, dude, what used to make you happy? Yeah. What made you, you? And to me, it was easy. It was like surfing. For sure. That was it. That gave me everything. 
you know? So at that point, I detoxed at home. It's fucking deathly sick for two weeks, really gnarly. And as soon as I was able to start basically like being mobile and drive my car, I forced myself into the water. And then I started surfing religiously. And as I was surfing more, I wanted to start surfing more as I got, I wanted to like got a new back. high. You got a new wanted, drug addiction. Yeah, I wanted to get back to surfing where I was at before. And I remember TK at the Frog House because TK roasted me. He called me out. I remember I tried to go surf once. I was all strung out. He came up. He slapped water on me. He called me out. You know, because he's like a dad figure. Yeah. And um, uh, so I knew. He told me. He said, "If you're gonna beat this, you need to take, you need to take your bad habits and replace them with good ones." What are you gonna do? And I thought, fuck, I'm gonna surf because that's the only yeah. thing I ever had in my corner. As far as that's the only good habit I ever had, to yeah. be honest. And it did a lot of good for me, yeah. you know. So uh, I was so simple too. Yeah, and, and it feels good. The vitamin D from the sun, the salt water, the whole deal. Yeah. It's like, dude. Yeah, the interaction with your friends. But all of it. You see friends. You feel better. They're you're getting exercise. It's like, it's... Yeah, they're seeing you. They're so like, heavy. dude, you look good. You know, like, yeah. and I'm like, dude, I haven't had anyone say that in a couple of years. You know what I mean? And they're stoked. They're seeing me in the water not seeing me at my funeral. Yeah. You know? And so, I just... That was 2015. And that was the year we had the El Nino. And the water was got up to like 72, 73. I like... So insane. I, that I lived in my trunks. And I would go down and surf three or four hours or twice a day. I'd come home so fried and then... I had to burn myself even more out and I would go train and I took up boxing at Ruka. Sick. And so I was, I was just like on a regimen and I was super grateful too that like Pat and them like yeah. let me have access to the gym. Yeah. You know, and I would surf all day and I would box in the evening and come nighttime like the only thing on my mind was to get back in the water the next morning. I just become a full, you know, addict as far as surfing goes. Yeah. Plus, you realize how much you missed it and how much, how many, like, yeah, yeah, I got to make up for all those missed sessions and everything. Yeah. Fucking gnarly. Like, yeah. It's uh, not many people have can, you know, pull something off like that. Let alone not cold turkey through 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 a program. Yeah. uh, What do you call it? A focus group or a program. A program. Yeah, well, see, and that was the thing. My brother said to me, if you don't do this through the program, you're not going to do it. I want you to write letters to your daughters and I'll read them at your funeral. (laughs) It's a good brother. And I said, you know, basically to me, I was like, all right, it's on. I'm going to make you eat words. (laughs) Yeah. If I don't get clean for me, I'm going to get clean just to prove you wrong. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. I, and, nothing... him, and him and I are best friends now. That's awesome, and it's the happiest thing. Like, dude, we'll always tell this story as yeah. far as like telling me to do the program wasn't yeah. working one way or the other. Yeah. So luckily, I kind of like. Well, yeah. it's it's there's no way. It's to... crazy because that's what your brother does, and yeah. that's what he that, sees he... as a successful tool, yeah. pattern, yeah, to what? sober sobriety, what? right? Yeah. And yeah. I mean, now he doesn't do that. Now this is basically five years ago now because uh, next month I'll have five years off of opiates. Awesome. Yeah, and, and, uh, yeah. I think it's definitely the, by far the biggest accomplishment. Like none of this other snap stuff or anything. Me being a dad, me being here with you guys, none of this stuff would happen without that. Yeah, that, that's that's you know my foundation for actually living a good, healthy, happy, proactive life. Yeah, you know. But uh, he he also too at that point I wanted to to show him like hey if you got clients or you got people 
don't tell them there's one way. Yeah. Try to push the way that you think works. But yeah. Now I think he's he's got um, a different perspective. Yeah. On recovery because he knows someone that's well. You're trained in a in a, a specific way or pattern, and yeah. and yeah. you know you kind of have to look at the unconventional like ways as well. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I did, and did identify with that person and. Yeah. You know, help navigate through that. And so like process. I said, it's smart. Like, dude, the program is where the odds are in your favor. That, but for me, I, I think I needed I think I needed the odds to be even more stacked against me, you yeah. know? And that was when at the same time too, I remember just tell this story, but as I'm all whacked out or getting clean, I remember reading a thing about Kai Neville and he had come out with that movie Cluster and it just like had dominated the scene. I think it was his last big movie and he said the independent surf films are dead. And I thought, well, I'm coming back from the dead myself. Yeah, I'm going to prove everybody wrong. What better time to, let's do snap three, you know? And I'm going to take the odds of me getting off of opiates, which are slim to none, and the odds of anyone coming back after 13, 15 years and doing what they used to do are not in your favor. Plus, plus the dynamic of the industry and just media in general. Social, and how media, people, yeah. social media popping off. The Instagram thing was new and taking off. But the Instagram thing, it's funny, at the time was all about photos. Yep. So no one even cared about video. Yeah. So when I had gotten a hold of Asher Pacey or Bobby Martinez and all these guys, and I said, hey, guess what? I want to do Snap 3. Are you guys game? You know? And like some of them were like, dude, I'm sitting on so many video clips. They didn't even think about using them for Instagram. Then, like, obviously, the game's changed now. We all know that like video is what everyone wants yeah. for social media. As soon as Instagram came out, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I love it. It's just simple and easy. But like, where's the video? Like, you know, and well, then they gave you that wet first eight or six to 15 yeah, seconds, seconds and that yeah. was it. And then well, that's what it's called Instagram. A gram is a photo. Yeah. yeah. You know, but obviously now it's like instant video. Yeah. yeah. Realistically, you know, so that's when I set out to make snap. You got one minute shamelessly self-promoting yourself. <laughs> so, so you got clean. Yep. And then, and six then you months, wanted to do. Six months in, I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do snap three. Because you weren't, how, what were you doing to support yourself? Well, I had made, made money on other ends, and uh, I wasn't. I wasn't doing great. But like I said, there was a while where I was making a load of yeah. money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Making out and stuff. And, uh, were you socking it away? Or? Yeah, I was socking it away. Okay. And, um, and obviously, it was going out the door, too, on certain ends, you know. Because yeah. um, at this point, you had two kids? Two kids, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, was, it, it got to a point where... I was like, fuck, man, I can spend the rest of this money on drugs or I could spend it on fucking trying to make a movie yeah. and see if that'll formulate into something else. Because that's what always happened. Yeah. When I made Snap 1 and 2, it transitioned to a, into a Ruka position. Yeah. And the same thing happened. When I did Snap 3, within seven months, I got offered the content producer position at WeMaps. And it was a fucking smoking salary killer job I had to go over to Irvine twice a day and all I had to do was put out edits yeah you know so like how did you get hooked up with weed maps um they, they there was a guy that worked for them and uh I saw him at a birthday party and he knew I was making snap three and he basically was looking for someone that was going to pump out content and had access to the guys yeah and they wanted to make a team at the same time so they knew like okay so they didn't have any of that, not yet. Until until they yeah. hooked up Chucky. Yeah, I think they had Joel Tudor was on the team. Okay. At the at that point, and because uh, Weed Maps was fucking huge for a second. Yeah, yeah. There. We, I mean, dude, we we 
definitely came Rex out. Simon so, or whatever. So, so Simon that, Rex. Yeah, and, and that was like that was for me because Simon Rex Mickey was Avalon. part of Mickey Avalon. Yeah, you know. So um, when I started working there, then there was like you know Dustin Barka, Bruce Irons, and Simon Rex, all the guys that were a part of like the whole Snap Three thing. You know, I, like we were able to get them contracts and they were able to tap into that and that was kind of too where so I felt you like, brought those guys to weed maps yeah and then as soon as i brought those guys to weed maps i felt like they didn't really need me as much anymore because they <laughs> had all my guys under contract yeah you know so eventually it got to the point where i was like i walked away from the weed map scene which was really hard because it was good money and after i walked away from it they offered me good money for sponsoring the movie and i just felt at this point like this is my baby i don't want it to be branded I don't want a bunch of cannabis brands, logos popping up throughout the whole movie. Yeah. I'm going to have to walk away. And, and like, I'm not going to say numbers, but I'm saying between my salary and between what was offered. A lot of money. I've never walked away. Wow. From that much money. And I did it because like, this was more than a movie to me. Like the, this is, this was my recovery. Too. Yeah. This was everything all wrapped up in one. Yeah. You know, and uh, thought I was going into it saying, Hey, this is, my comeback movie, but this is also going to be the last movie I make. Anytime I'm making a movie, you're always going to hear me say, this, this is, my is last the month. last one, because so, I want to go all in. Yeah. So, did you make Snap 3 and then Weed Maps came around? No, or it was during, during the making during, of Snap okay. 3. Yeah, and before the movie was out, I had walked away from Weed Maps and from the sponsorship and stuff, and um, those guys... Those guys had great marketing budgets and good money and yeah. stuff, you know. It was a yeah, hard deep one pockets. to walk away from, but yeah. I just felt like morally for me and where I wanted to go with, yeah. with my project, I wanted this to be independent. my project. Yeah, and, and your, yeah, like you said, your Because I didn't your know call. Like, setting up those other guys as soon as they were on the team and had their contracts, I could see there was a different, uh, you could see there was a different chemistry. Like yeah. they didn't need me for an answer, they had my guy sign. And I kind of felt like this. That was gonna be the same thing for the movie. If I yeah. sign on with the movie, they have their logo on there, and they kind of owned my movie too. Yeah. And and the roster, so I was like, yeah, I wanna stop and just roll the dice. And luckily, I got a vape company that came in, wrote me a check for like I don't know thirty grand or something, just a vape company. And between the vape companies and Bonsai Bowl and Bear Flag and all the other companies that came aboard to support, you know, was able to raise good money for the movie and then yeah. the premieres made money I mean we basically sold out the observatory and that was I think 1,250 people 900 tickets had sold wow that's crazy yeah, yeah I, I mean I remember the first couple snap premieres were, yeah, I mean it was huge yeah, I mean so, so I got more experience throwing events than making movies after all those years yeah me. so uh, like for me that's kind of like I, I feel like my strength is like I feel like putting on events. Yeah. Remember, I grew up watching Different avenue stream, not just the DVD sales or, or download yeah. sales. You know, like you're looking at like you're looking big at events. You've, without a formal education, you've experienced and learned businesses through doing Experience. it. Experience. And too, <laughs> I feel like I've learned from really good people as far as like watching Richard Wilcott and Troy Eckert throw those parties and those premieres back in the day was huge. And then... Watching Pat Tenori throw events, like those Ruka Alohas or any of that stuff, I mean, Jay knows, like, no one really knows how to throw a, a party like that, like Pat Tenori. Yeah. It's you know? a, so, yeah. I mean, dude, I, I was... He doesn't take, he doesn't do a party, it's a, it's a takeover week with, like, <laughs> there's, the whole day is booked. There's stuff every day, all day into the night, you're like, wow. So I was under the influence, I feel like it's like very impactful 
uh, you know, individuals yeah. that, that obviously I've, I've learned from. But you plus, know. you know, you get to highlight, you know, get put these guys on, you know, a pedestal, you know, it's not just kind of, hey, I only get to see them, you know, on video or, you know, at a contest, like they're up close and personal, all the guys in the video and, and just being around that is and pretty I, awesome. I think surf premieres are like, that's the heart of it. Like, I know growing up, you always hear about people in movie theaters hooting and screaming and cheering and yelling. Like, I just feel like, dude, you know, that, that will always, to me, be like the heart of surfing is yeah. surf movies. And dude. then even more so, surf premieres are like, dude, that's huge. It's an exciting time. People are raging. Raging. It's just a different, it's just a different vibe to going to see a, a surf movie premiere than like, Going to watch a motion picture yeah. where everyone's quiet, and if you say one word, you got someone telling you, "Hey, shut up! Yeah. I'm yeah. watching the movie." You know? Yeah, you're 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 in a in a, a, a giant theater with every like-minded person that yeah. you know is just there to yelling and screaming and freaking. having a good time. The energy is sick. The grunts, I can't wait to yeah, yeah. I can't wait for another for for that movie. Yeah, so I like I'm focusing on the movie, and with the movie, it's different. Like guys, we didn't brought it up, but it's like with Snap Four. I thought I had to come up with a different format because of what's going on in social media. It's really hard right now to compete with the guys, their sponsors, their social media platforms, the media channels. It's hard for them to take their best stuff yep. and put it away for me. I'm just an independent contractor. I'm not paying any of these guys. Yeah. So what I thought of was instead of taking the money I raised from sponsors and putting it towards trips and production, I'm going to put it in a pot and I'm going to tell these guys that I picked to be in the movie, best section wins. $40,000. Wow. And then that's the, that's the, that's the platform. So and who's going to vote? The voting is going to be a panel of three guys that start in Snap 1 and 2. I already know who they are. One of them's a world champ, a couple world titles. The other guys put on some of the best surf moves. There are three guys that could end up making the best part themselves. They surf that good. We're gonna announce it later on because it's kind of a. Big that sounds note. that sounds awesome, dude. But I, I think it's the gnarliest panel of surfers that I've ever heard of. It's these guys are just absolutely. Well, you happy. look at like Wave of the Winter or you know. Yeah, those uh, guys perfect. You I know those guys. They have Briley and those guys picking. That's perfect. You can't. You can't yeah, you got like Poncho and Briley Dorian. and Dorian. Like, you dude, you got question these. Question those guys. No. Yeah. These guys that I've selected, I promise you. Nobody's gonna second guess. No one their... is gonna second guess because these three guys themselves, if yeah. they had the time to do it, they can win that forty grand themselves. Yeah, yeah. that's just, not not to get off subject, but that's my kind of like pet peeve with the WSL is like why aren't there like ex-world champs or tour guys like on panel for for judging you know maybe the money is there maybe they don't maybe they can't get those guys but you would you would think I you would I, think it would be like I don't know I, okay if I'm Tom Kern or or yeah I, I get Potter it Potter even like yeah. you want to sit and judge no it's a gnarly eats, job you know like, maybe a specialty event but yeah I get it you know but no, no, I see, I see what you're saying for sure, but I, I don't know. I feel like there's other stuff going on probably behind closed doors and, and whatnot that, I mean, I think even if you had Kern and these guys, Every, it's so be, subjective. They, they too, might be too subjective. being biased on like, yeah. so they might not like. Kind of like I am on my fantasy team. I'm yeah, super they, biased. They, 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 might not, they might not be into, they might be more, you know, Kern might be more into who flowed the best in style, yeah. not yeah. might be into uh, power speed flow or whatever, yeah. the, you, you know. He'd be counting whitewater turns. You know, so. <laughs> With, he did a head snap. So. You never know, but I mean, I will say like. That's half a point. Like, no, but your judging panel has got to, yeah, like it's got to be super important to. And the, there's weird stuff goes on, but any time. 
you have judges involved. Subjective. It's yeah. You're, there's going to be controversy. Yeah. You know, but I feel like the three guys that I selected, luckily they were yeah. cool enough to commit to doing it. That's yeah. awesome. I don't think anybody is going to second guess you guys. And I've talked to all the surfers in the movie about, hey, this is who's going to judge. They're like, all cool. Of them are like, yeah, because it's big credibility of the movie. Like, yeah. You know, like not only is this a nuts roster for the movie, but even the guys that are announcing it are, are tapped. Yeah. Know, those are some of the best former servers in the world. So you're, you're working on the movie now. Yeah, and even though they're making their parts, I'm working hands-on with them as far as, hey, there's this nut swell in the Caribbean, like the one you know, we were talking about before we started the podcast. Yeah. If I were you guys, I wouldn't go to Tabarua. I would go try out this new zone. Yeah. Or, you know, like Ian Crane and these guys are like, hey, we're going to Morocco. Do you have a filmer? Yeah, I got a sick filmer. He has a red. and Plus some of those spots. Say, right, right. say, say like, Tabby, you could get poached pretty easy at a spot like that, too. For where sure. it's like, ooh, I saw, you know, waves of that session already, you know? So, yeah, so going somewhere a little and, bit more off the beaten path is... And, and one of the guidelines for the movie is any, any wave or clip that's been used on Instagram... Or in an edit is disqualified. You can't use it in your part. So I want this premiere, and I want people to show up seeing a movie with footage For that the they've time. never seen in their life the way that we all grew up yeah. going to a premiere, waiting for Momentum 2 to come out or Focus or any of this. I mean, you waited all year for those movies yeah. to come out and the excitement was there yeah. we don't have that right now what's your, so, t- what's your time frame sorry what's the time frame for the movie like? well so we announced it this summer and basically I think at that point it was maybe it was September but I said US Open next year Saturday night we're on <laughs> and this year so that's it I already guys. booked the venue you guys yeah, it's, so that's it so your it's part's August, in or out so it's Saturday night of the US Open August 8, 2020 during the US Open at the OC Observatory off of Harvard uh, all ages and I think we're going to have Andre Nicotina come back and perform we'll have a couple other can, bands can, can, can we set up a little late night and talky uh, booth <laughs> like a little table <laughs> off the <laughs> sideline don't put me on the spot you think I'm going to say no <laughs> Hell no, you're going to say no. Hell no. Wait. Uh, you, <laughs> you know what I meant. Yeah. So, are, are you, what else are you doing now? Um, I got a few things. I got a couple, uh, I got a couple of real estate uh, projects um, down in Central America. Nice. That I work on on the side. And then I'm doing a bit of work with my family. My dad's getting older. And um, obviously, like, he's not going to be around forever. Yeah. So I'm kind of learning the back end of that with my brother. Um, what, and what is uh, your dad's business? business? Uh, real estate. Sick. Yeah. So they've been doing it a long time. Yeah. 50, around years. Newport area? No, or? no, no. Out of state. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah, out of state. Um, actually, a lot of it's uh, more in Texas, which is cool with the wave pool. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I'm also doing this thing with uh, Mason Ho. Where we're gonna have like come surf uh, at the BSR at Waco for the full day with Mason. Wow! And then you're gonna pay obviously to come play with Mace. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, that, that, I think that's gonna probably turn into to us doing that more often with that's the right. like Jack Robinson and some of the other guys in the yeah. movie. But um, I know so that, can we ask who's gonna be in your movie or? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I mean, it's kind of public at this point. It's, uh, it's a lot of the guys from Snap Three. But uh, with this one, we're bringing in a few new guys. But um, Mason Ho, Jack Robinson, Seth Moniz, Clay Marzo, uh, Josh Moniz, uh, Ian Crane, Parker Coffin, um, 
the guy that I think is going to throw everyone off that's going to be new in this one that I've already seen stuff for and I'm, I'm definitely warning people to watch out for is Benji Brand. Yeah. He's not taking this lightly as far as like, I don't think he's doing this for the 40 grand. He doesn't have a sponsor at the moment and his kid is definitely the gnarliest goofy foot barrel rider on the planet. Yeah. Without a doubt. He's he flared fucking, up a couple times. He rips. I mean, he won the Kadenka. And he's gotten second at the pipe trials two years in a row. You don't do that by accident. Yeah, you right. Um, Charger, but yet puts nuts. himself in the yeah, in he, the pit. He's and then um, uh, let's see. There's there's other guys. So there's I think there's gonna be a total of, of fifteen guys. It's sick. Um, and uh, Zeke Lau's in it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's hard off the bat to make sure who yeah. who, got, who we did it. But uh, I, I just know between like. Guys like Benji, who are going to catch people off guard, to Mason, who I, Mason I think is definitely one of the most entertaining. So entertaining. In the world. And the stuff he's, he's fun putting, to watch. He's so stuff, awesome. He's, the stuff he's putting aside right now, I can tell you, it's all X Factor stuff. It's different than what a lot of guys are going after because he knows the target's on his back. He had the last part of Snap 3. Yeah. So, I, you know, Mason would definitely be considered a fan favorite. Then you got Jack Robinson. Dude. He's I mean, a beast, too. I mean, and just how fun it is to watch him surf. I think yeah. he's the closest thing we see to someone like uh, Andy. You know, his form is, is just insane. It's, it's finally awesome to see him make the world tour. Yeah. That way, because, you know, we haven't seen enough of him, right? Like, no. we've no. always heard and saw glimpses of him, and then he would disappear. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, I think he had stuff going on behind closed doors. Um you know, to where I think it made it rough, and it was definitely hindering yeah. his his path and his profession. And I think he's gotten to an age where he's grown up, and he's kind of cleared the path, and he's surrounded by really good people. He's got an awesome girlfriend. Uh, Volcom's in his corner now, and um, it's like all systems go. Yeah. I think he's surrounded by a lot of positive, and it showed last year. Yeah. Um, no one, I think, has put on such a clutch performance as far as, okay, you need to win or get second at, at six-star prime at sunset in order to qualify. You can make every <laughs> round. And dude, not only did he do it, but no one's ever performed at sunset like that. Like, the numbers don't lie as far as his heat totals. Yeah. It was through the roof. He didn't win. He smoked everybody. He dominated. Yeah, like dominated. Poncho said. He, Poncho Sullivan says, never had they seen anyone put on that dominant of a performance at sunset, yet alone the highest heat total ever at that event. Yeah. You know, and then you got Clay Marzo. Clay's sitting on a hard drive and stuff right now. Too. Like, you know, watch all out. on one, all in one place. Watch out, watch out for his stuff. And then Seth Moniz is like a ninja, dude. The kid's crazy. You saw, I guess, you saw what Ian Crane put out this last year with, yeah. with the beachhead. Yeah. You know, all these guys have the potential. Because, dude, you remember when Taylor Steele did Intersection? Yeah. It was like Matt Miola. Um, he wasn't like a he wasn't a favorite going into that. I yeah. mean, he was competing against Joel and Mick and you know all these guys. Yeah. And um, and then Albie Lair won the other year. Yeah. And Albie Lair definitely wasn't a huge name at that time. For no. sure. You know, so you just never know. And like I said, I think these progressive. Guys, Those yeah. guys are on the forefront of pushing the limits to what you can do. And it's like, dude, you have a shit song. <laughs> You could have the best footage, dude. You might, you're gonna probably lose still. You yeah. Need have, you need to tick all the boxes. You need to have a sick song. Music's super important. Yeah, it's vital. Who's so, gonna pick the songs? The, the they get to pick the songs. Oh boy. And we'll and and I'll be going over it with them. 
Like, my only request is like no mumble rap. Yeah. You, you know? Because <laughs> to me, I feel like the platform for Snap Movies has always just been based off of good surfing to good music and that's it. No filter, no flowers, no waterfalls. No shit. If anything, maybe a, a like couple a quick, butts, a couple TNAs. Yeah, a couple TNAs and some comical stuff from Simon, the salmon boy. Yeah. Um, you know, because I know he's out to secure the bag too. Like Simon's been surfing really good lately, and he wants to win that 40k. So that's uh, a joke because he's never touched a surfboard <laughs> in his life. That's the whole spinoff on, on the whole salmon boy thing. Is he's traveled with us forever. <laughs> the guy's yeah. never ridden a wave one time but he knows the lingo he knows all the boys so that's like the whole spin-off is yeah. we pull up to the spot and he goes in it, the, the Mick Fanning's like quiver from the stab in the dark and he drops just... all the boards yeah <laughs> who is this? Simon Rex this, yeah. this, this, this uh, last year we were in Australia and then Mick did a post and said hey if you're buying my Mick Fanning Rip Curl store go buy and test out my boards I'm sitting here with Simon <laughs> And the boards are right in the background. His shop's right next to the restaurant. And I said, Simon, we're going to go film something right over here. And, like, it was never planned for him to drop all the mixed boards. But... Picks him up, and he's all, like, calling out, like, yeah. And And he's turning and, like, banging others. I basically feed him the lines. I say, hey, the concave sucks on this board, you know? And then he's like, hey, the concave sucks. This board's slower than a turtle. And then he's like, speaking of turtles, he's like, Mick gets all this credit for punching out a shark. I choked out a turtle at Point Rico, you know? Like, he just goes on and on. I mean, dude, we just filmed some thing up at the WSL. And he had the world title trophy in his lap. <laughs> and he's just calling out Jack. He's calling out, he's like, a Mason Ho, well, more like Mason Who. <laughs> you know? He's a funny guy. Oh, he's got a great podcast. The guy's comical. His and podcast is pretty good, too. You bring too. him on these surf trips, and it changes the whole dynamic. Yeah. He brings out a side to these guys. He's trying to surf, though, right? No, no, he's never touched <laughs> a board in his life. Shut dude. up. He doesn't surf at I all? Mean, aside from dropping Nick Fanning's boards, like, no, no, he doesn't surf. That's the whole thing. And so... Simon and Salmon. So, like, someone called him Salmon, and, said, and then someone were like, "Oh, Salmon Boy, that's his you know." He goes through the water like a salmon, dude. He rips, you know. And so, like, when we pull up to spots, they'll be like, "Dude, I surfed this way back in '72," you know. Or we're there at Penang, and it's pumping Penang big, you know. And then he's like, "Oh, fuck that! I'm gonna wait till the swell fills in." You know, I wouldn't be surprised if we end up doing something after Snap where it's more based on Simon and Salmon and stuff in the, in the works and, yeah. and whatnot. But, oh, I mean, that's great content. I think, I think we need more I mean. surfing and more humor. Yeah. We definitely need more humor. Yeah. It, it's dry right now. You know, yeah. but yeah. Simon, Simon brings that element to the movie. Yeah. Yeah. With how serious, like, surfing has yeah. become and Co- how, like, coaches, mainstream and coaches, it's like you got to dummy it down and have this kind of, like, whether it's, John Freeman or Jamie O'Brien or, or you know, yeah. Salmon Boy or Cook of the Day, you know, like all this shit that's just like, See, I mean, so good to have. And that's why even with the movie, it's like, everyone's like, oh, what cameras is it on? I was like, to be honest, I'm kind of on that lost trip of like, dude, I don't care if it's a handy cam. As long as there's good surfing, the clip's getting used. Obviously, I want the quality to be good, but we're not slow-mo and shit. This yeah. is fast-paced, like back to momentum stuff, yeah. you know? We're not slow months, so it's not about how many frames per second. Yeah. This is about, dude, we just want raw surfing to good music. Right. You know? So, uh, that's why... I, I can't wait to see this movie. So, yeah, I think, you know, the whole point of making these movies is back to getting people psyched to go surf. And that's it. That's it. And if they can have a lap or two along the way, yeah. 
then like then it's a win, you know. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of the, the whole rap one. I'm, yeah, th- there definitely needs to be more like let's fill up the theater and do a tour up and yeah. down the coast yeah. and like to, you know around events or not around events and just get that like so, killer like old school vibe. So you know, like in movies, like right now they're like op- op- like movies will open up with a beautiful drone clip, fly over to set the scenery. You know, like we open Snap Three up with a moped accident off an of iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like. Kobe Everton and, and Patek crashed on a, on a moped, you know. And, Perfect. And it was on an iPhone, but we didn't even we didn't care. Because, you know, that, that's kind of the beauty of the whole snap thing. It's like kind of back to the lost shit. You know, yeah. all that stuff of lost. Yeah. No one thinks so about... So funny. No one thinks about, oh, what camera were they filming on? Yeah. No. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? You know, we care about is seeing good surfing and, and, and laughing and having yeah. a good time. Yeah. That's it. No, that's so we want to bring it back to that. I can't wait. Um, some of the stuff that we talk about like what's your thoughts on wave pools obviously you've been to Waco Waco. yeah yeah I went four times it's it's, it's awesome nice and I think you know like what's going on in Palm Springs I'm friends with those guys out there I'm super excited about the Palm Springs Surf Club me too Um, I think what what went on in Waco let's say is a 2016 or 17 version right yeah with the technology I think what Shane Magnuson and those guys are doing out in Waco is going to be 2020 version. Yeah. So I would expect bigger, 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 more, longer, better. Yeah. And not to mention, it's no offense against Waco, but like Palm Springs isn't a shithole as far as like, dude, Palm Springs is a nice, really nice town. Yeah. They have the golf courses, they have the hotels, they have the best restaurants, they have everything. The weather's incredible yeah. nine months out of the year. Yep. I would expect. I mean, every time I go there, I like. I'm content until I think about not surfing, but it's paradise when you're there. Yeah, right. You're like the 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 only only thing that only thing Palm Springs is missing. Yes, is 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 waves because (laughs) because the wives and the kids they just want to be able to have drinks and be in the water. Yeah. So if we could incorporate that, why dads go surf and they're right right there, win win. Yep. And then like, look, you got Kalani Rob. You got Shane Magnuson, and Shane has all the experience with the wave pools. And then no one can question, you know, Kalani's just a vet. You guys been in the game forever. And then um, uh, you got J-Mo coming out from New York. You got, you, they have a really good team. Yeah. And I would just, I, I've When high, is it supposed to open? I have right? high expectations. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing it's gonna, safe bet is 2021. I okay. can't say that, but that's my guess yeah. of what's going on, but. Uh, I, I can't wait for that wake pool to open. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I tell I tell everybody, I go, Waco is so incredibly, the way the, the wave is and the opportunity and stuff. But I'm like, it needs to be bigger and longer. You know, like that was the only thing I took away. I'm like, the only thing that could get better is if this wave was longer and the wave was bigger and more powerful. In Waco. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was... Hands down, and have you served Kelly's wave? I haven't served Kelly's wave, and uh, I hope I get to. There's talks of us premiering Snap Four during the Freshwater Pro. Damn. Um, at the CT, uh, so there's some good stuff. In so there. you're inviting us? So, is that yeah, what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. I mean, that, <laughs> Wait, don't you already work for that guy? And yeah. So, so if uh, if that pans out, because like, there's some cool stuff. We've been talking a lot with the WSL, and they seem like they're they're real stoked that team up on, on stuff yeah. and, um, and get behind the movie 
Well, so that, that they they need more you know more content and, and they have the platform. So if they partner yeah. up with Vans or Stab or you and all and do all these little sub sub. Yeah, they, I mean they, they you know they they're pretty transparent. They say they got the platform and they got the money. So yeah, yeah, per perfect. It's no yeah, no money, no honey. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, cool. So, so yeah, we'll, we'll see see what happens. I haven't served Kelly's wave pool yet, um, and it looks insane. I the only thing I've heard is that it's just there's a long wait before the next wave. It's three minutes, three so and a half minutes, I think. It's kind of a long time, which I love about Waco is like, dude, there's three to four waves back to back, and you're watching all your buddies behind you or in front of you, and mm -hmm. you get served out pretty quick. Yeah. So I heard they're going to make some improvements and yeah. stuff, but yeah. And I'm sure too, like I said, that's what's exciting about Palm Springs is like Shane helped develop what went on in Waco. Yeah. He's created this before. So I'm just expecting for him to create something better. By far better. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's going to be exciting. You know, you do something once, it's cool. But you do something a, a second time, I think you're going to end up probably doing it even better. Yeah. yeah. And technology just. So you're saying Snap 4 is going to be the best fucking movie ever. Well, I can tell you that's what I'm, that's what I'm gunning for. I mean, At least one part. The $40,000 part is going to be the best part ever. I mean, I've definitely got my blinders on as far as uh, right now, like that trip that we scored out of the Caribbean and the new wave and stuff, like to me, like that's done. Those are in the hard drive and they're on ice. But it's just like all systems go. There's a shitload of work to do. And when the movie's done, I always say, oh, this is my last movie because... I try to approach every day like it's the fourth quarter. And I just want to capitalize. And then once it's done and that movie premieres, I can't go back. Yeah. Can't change waves out. Can't say, oh, I wish I would have done this. Yeah. I just know if you stay up, you know, a few hours extra and you wake up a few hours extra and you add that up, let's just say you put in three extra hours a day, you know, and you do it seven days a week, that's 21 extra hours a week. That's not gonna hurt or hinder your chances of putting out what the could best, be yeah. your best of, of you know project that you've ever done. Yeah. And that's not like trying to fulfill to, to your full potential. So I, I'm a hundred percent into like trying to do overtime right now. Sick. Because I feel like when you put in overtime is when you see the results. Yeah. That's it. Hard work always pays off. Have you, you done any foiling yet? No, I'm still learning how to ride a thruster. Dude. <laughs> I, I don't know. I thought you and Punker Pat would be like Aquaman night buddies or something. Now you're in the water it's all the time. It's pretty damn good at that, right? Oh, who, Punker? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We're on different programs. A Aquaman? Aquanut? Aquanut? No, no, he's good at it. I've I seen him down at Riverhead. He's doing it before. I think he actually lost his lost his board. Like, it went down the river mouth or something. He couldn't find it. Whoa. Yeah. Ooh. No, I'm not. I'm not a POV hover. I haven't even tried a, a, a twin fin. Like I said, I'm still trying to like. I'm still trying to learn the thruster, <laughs> and I'm having a lot of fun doing it. You know. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so I'm not. I'm not. Uh, not one of those guys. Nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, it's exciting year for surfing with with the, the Olympics coming up. What's yeah. your thoughts on that? Uh, I think, you know, you hear all this bickering and stuff about the Olympics and stuff, but it's like, dude, what's it going to hurt? Yeah. Realistically, you know, like, uh, I, I just think, and same thing with wave pools. Like, has it hurt anyone? Has it hindered surfing? I've gotten hurt there. <laughs> I mean, dude, I, I, our buddy Brophy. Oh, yeah. It took him out nine months. Dude, he had soldier surgery. He was at, out of the water. At for, Kelly's pool, right? At Kelly's pool, yeah. yeah. But he dislocated his he shoulder. Just, he was just moondogging out, like doing the cheater five McGavin, like trying to, I think he's trying to go on the Herbie Fletcher vibe. And, um, dude, I think, I think he pulled in backside 
on what I'm guessing is like a single fin mid length or log, which is just a complete. Those things, un- yeah, did, no, yeah. no, dude. Yeah. You know, Especially like, on a wave that gets that hollowed out. You know, and um, so so yeah, I mean back to to that stuff, the Olympics wave pools and all that stuff. It's like if it brings stoke and happiness to surfers, uh, you know, and, and more opportunity for people inland to get in the water, like, dude, yeah. more power to it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is the direction it's going to go anyways. Yeah. I just I, I just hate it when, when there's haters out there about it just because they're, you know, it's not, it's not authentic, it's not whatever. It's like, that's just the future, man. I mean, it, it, there's going to be changes. There's yeah. going to be, you know, might, might as well just... Embrace it and see how it turns out before you like. Variety is the spice of life. hundred percent. Yeah. Dude, I went to Stout High. Sickest event I've ever been to. The vibe, the whole deal was mental. And they're expanding. Now they're going to Melbourne yep. and stuff. And it's like, dude, that's what we need. And I think we're, we're lucky for people like Stout as far as like the electric acid test and all this stuff that they're doing. Pretty sick. Yeah. yeah dude, like, stab in the dark. Stab that in the dark. I mean, insane. Ashton and those guys, you know. Genius. Like you see Sam McIntosh, those guys are killing it. Yeah. Killing it. Like, like, I feel like them alone are, I want to say resurrecting, but in a sense they are. Because yeah. look, there's not a lot of people making independent surf films right yeah. now. And at least with Stab, they're the only ones doing stuff differently. They're using their platform to put out killer exclusive content. Yeah. yeah. Fucking money. And they're, and they're open for... You know all kinds of different content you know it's not like you know full cookie cutter like it's just freaking all over the map which is yeah. refreshing and I mean, you know it and we talk about it all the time like surfing isn't like there's not one type of surfer there's not one kind of you know look you got you got the jocks you got the tour guys you got the free surfers you got the the guys that what about like the twin this whole twin fin movement's huge because I mean, look at, i help manage asher pacey and it's like Dude, the, that guy's stock right now is higher than it's ever been. He's getting, you know, he's, he is such. I, I before you came over, I was watching, snapped. Yeah. And the, fuck, it was the first one. 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 Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was, uh, I think the intro for for Asher Pacey, and I was like, and I've always thought he was a ripper. Butter. But then when you. Go back and you go, wait, that was like how many years ago? Back in 18, 19 years ago. That yeah, and he was fucking like... That's what I mean. Like, dude, guys like that, and, and like, this is... A, it's, it, I'm not saying he's Tom Current, but I'm saying he's got that factor of... Dude, he's... Everyone enjoys watching him. Butter, yeah. I mean, even the algorithm yeah. on social media and Instagram pick it up. Yeah. You look at his numbers, they just don't lie, dude. Yeah. He's yeah. got a fucking gnarly fan base. People yeah. enjoy watching that insert, and I don't care. You put him on a thruster, you put him on a quad, or you put him on a twin. Yeah. He's gonna entertain you. He's just got the flow. Definitely. You know? That's why I, like I'm I'm super stoked to see him uh, back on Ruka and like with the brand because for a while the guy was doing this kind of on his own. Yeah. Yeah. Like, fuck is, you know, when he was on Ruka, we didn't really have the resources, let no. alone like Australia has even like yeah, was, was like, even a blimp on the map yet yeah. as far as like really embracing and supporting and he was on a thruster. He was still like, you know, yeah. he was just like the tail end. He was not doing QSs anymore, but he hadn't like found that niche. I feel like, dude, he's definitely should take a lot of credit for this big twin fin push. You, and I know it, for a fact. Dude, sorry to sidetrack right here. Well, it's not sidetrack, but interrupt. My Grom just asked me this morning. He's like, Dad, I want to get a twin fin. <laughs> no joke. On the way to the beach this morning. I'm like, oh, you do? All right, let's maybe see if we can... Find one, you know, yeah. like 
Sure. Well, I, I have one in the garage. Well, that's not. It's his size. <laughs> I got yeah. one of my garage. I just have never ridden it. Uh, but uh, I mean, dude. But that's. I know. But that. But he follows all these. You know, yeah. all these guys, and he see. You know, they 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 watch surfing, and yeah. they see. You know, people talking about it, and you know they're. Yeah. I mean, dude, and you do the the numbers like I know because uh, I help him with the business side of things as far as like his boards when he was riding for DHD. They were doing bigger volume than Mick Fanning's. Wow. Yeah. And it was, you know, I think it was a big hit for him to leave, but he had this opportunity over at Album, because Album's, Album's more focused on those type of boards. Yeah. Album don't really do thrusters. Right. You know, they're doing the ASIMs and the Twins, so it was a perfect fit for Asher, and they wanted to compensate Asher and make sure he was taken care of to kind of be the face of their new brand. Yeah. So it was a perfect fit. That's cool. Um, but, dude, those things sell like crazy. Yeah. You know? So. It's good to see that there's so much diversity in in surfing, not only like of style, but of like equipment and just like different ways to approach the yeah, wave yeah. and different. When, yeah. When we were Groms, right, you, you had a surfer, right, a skateboarder, and then you a snowboarder, right. Like yeah. there's like three different kinds of surfers, and then over the years you have like your jock surfer, your freaking. Hipster. Hipster, yeah, your long, granola. You got, long, you got the longboard. I mean, dude, because even the longboard now, like, dude, longboard, longboarding is, like, it's, yeah. it's pretty popular thing. I mean, let's go back to, like, back in the original Rookie days. I remember when Pat was like, you know, we're going to sponsor Alex Nose. And I was like, you're going to sponsor it? Like, dude, and Alex and I are friends. We surfed yesterday. Yeah. Dude, kids, the guy's gnarly. He's super talented. Super but I was talented. like... Pat, you want to sponsor a longboarder? Like, dude, like, you know, I'm being totally honest, putting myself on blast. Yeah. That's how narrow-minded I was at the time. Yeah. You know? But Pat's like, no, this kid is gnarly and this and that. Yeah. Dude, you look at now, like, Alex is, like, one of the most popular surfers in the world, dude. For sure. Yeah. And I don't want to blow him up, like, legendary status, but he, he, you, like, Mickey Dora. Oh, yeah, no. You know, a style master. I think, you know, you got... Kind of recluse. You got Joel Tudors and you got... Alex knows. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. a big draw. If you longboard, you know who those guys are. You know are. Alex knows. Yeah. Just yeah. like you know who Joel Tier is. If yeah. you shortboard, you know Slater, you know Mick. If yeah. you twin fin, you know Asher Pixie. But just a you know, straight creative like dude with shaping your own boards. He obviously, you know, is a musician. He skateboards insane. Like he yeah. rides his own equipment a lot and he rides funky boards, which one of us couldn't even turn and like even know what oh, to do man. on. Yeah. And he makes it look Freaking you know, insane. You know, the coolest part, too, is like I said, I surf every day, no matter how shitty it is. And on you, some dude. of the worst days ever, there'll be one other guy out on the water, multiple occasions, and it's Alex. <laughs> so it's pretty rad because I think once you get to a point where you're getting paid well and you're a success story, I think people lose their drive just to yeah. go out and surf just to get wet. Alex definitely like no, he's loves surfing, dude. He's yeah. he's definitely the real deal as far as like I don't think he's out. He's definitely out on these shitty days. There's no one filming. There's no one shooting, and the guy's still putting Wait, in the, the time because it. he loves it. Yeah, you know that's awesome. So that's pretty rad. Do you play fantasy surfer? I don't. I wish I did. Cause sometimes I got some inside scoops on on who's hurt, <laughs> or who's been partying, or well, we have a really good one. It's called fantasy kooks our our league yeah it's we we don't run it but we're 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 in there's a there's a few good ones around here that all the all the boys do there's like 36 of us right yeah 
It's a two hundred dollar buy-in. It's not a good odds in my favor. It's definitely competitive. You know, back in the day, it would have been way better because you'd be like, "Oh, this guy's on a bender, dude." Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not, that's changed now, dude. All these guys are so gnarly. They're so gnarly. They're, they're focused. Up. I think this next year, the tour with Jack being on, Seth Griffin. It's gonna be exciting. Uh, a lot of new young blood. Ewing, like, I feel like this is the best roster we've had since in a while. the days where it was like. Andy, Mick, Joel, Dingo, Wardo, Bruce, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, all good. It's, yeah. it's exciting, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and actually, too, we got Crosby, Colapinto in the, in the in Snap 4. He's like kind of the young gun. Nice. Yeah, we're pretty excited about having him in there because, fuck, the kid has been ripping. I bet. If he's yeah. anything like his big bro, man, she's... He's bigger. He is taller. He's bigger. He's like bigger and yeah, taller, yeah. Like, I feel like, yeah, it's just... He's, he's more got, like his think, dad's side. I think, I think he's got like little brother syndrome, you know, where yeah. it's like Seth Moniz. Like, I just feel like the little brother sometimes just is it picks Boy, up on things. Bruce and Andy, yeah, just, yeah, just all that stuff. It's like you see it happen so, so much. So, yeah, I'm excited. But I think the tour this year, I think, is gonna be firing as far as like yeah. talent. Starting yeah. pretty soon, right? Next you know, month. And then you still got Philippe, and then you got Italo, and then you got John, and you got Matina, and, and you then got, you got this young. You got Jordy, and you got Julian, and you got this is hands down. You got violent. Slater still too, brother. You got Slater, thank God, dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how cool is that? Like, it's so insane. cool. I mean, dude, he's the guy is definitely not human. He's got to be an alien. Dude. The yeah. guy's just. The, the, if you serious. go back and watch some of those on-demand heats. He's serious, and, he? and you're like, yeah, he's surfing as good, if not better, than he was, no. and every I was like, but, and that's, I mean, that was the funny thing about Snap One and Two. We we're like, oh, yep, and he just dethroned this guy. He's over, you know what I mean? And dude, it was like the opposite. He fired All I did him up. Was revved his engine and fired him back, and he came back swinging. Yeah. And like, and then like, what went on to win multiple more world titles? Yeah. yeah. Like six more. That's before. Or something. This before, like, we had no clue what was to come. Like, he, yeah. thought, he thought it was like, okay, game over, time to retire. 30, oh, yeah, you get time to retire. It's yeah, like, right. Yeah. You know? I mean, how many generations? We'll never have... see that again. Never. There's no way. There's why, no why way. Why would anyone? I mean, even look at Mick. He's, he's, he's getting married. He's having a kid. He won three titles. He's good. Dude. Yeah. He's I mean, done you... well. well. There's no point. But Kelly, I think, is just, like, abnormal when it comes to. Kelly won a title at 19 years old. He's won, won a triple crown at, what, 46? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I think just the way he takes care of himself physically and mentally and whatnot, yeah. and then his competitive drive, he put it together. And I don't know how anyone could deny that that guy is not one of the greatest athletes of all. Period. Period. Hands down. Period. No one has dominated, what, two and a half decades of surf. He, like, well, greets guys on the tour. <laughs> And then, and He's then, still on, and then he got later. And then he helps him throw a retirement party. You know, like the guy's like, "Welcome on, all right, it's time for you to go on to the next." You know, it's it's insane. Oh wait, oh you're 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 gonna be the next best decade guy. All I mean, right, come on, bring it. I mean, up. I know, like talking to Jack. Yeah. Because I'm pretty close with Jack, and, and I know, like that's who Jack wants to to surf heats with. It's like yeah. if Jack gets to surf heats with Kelly, then. You know, it's a bucket list. Yeah, he's he's won his first world title before half these guys were born on oh, tour. Pretty crazy. That's heavy. Nineteen, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. By, a, by a landslide, like it's it's crazy. But dude, and for the fans, for us to get to watch a Jack Robinson heat against Kelly Slater, I'm excited. Who doesn't? Want I don't know to who see, to pick on that one. Who doesn't want to see that? <laughs> I mean, I think it depends on where it's at. Yeah. You know, 
If it's at, I mean, you know, G-Land, Slater's won that a handful of times. I think they. Yeah, they just, I mean, I'll tell you this: if it's at the box, good luck to anybody on yeah. Tour, yeah, you know, because like like that slab we we just were down in the Caribbean, you you bring Jackie Boy down there and dude, he's in a matrix when it when it comes to like these slabs Sick. and yeah. barrel riding. Dude, he's just he grew it's, up. It's just next level. You yeah, know? and too, it's not only he makes it, it look easy. It's his style. Yeah. In, in these barrels, you yeah, know, it's, it's insane. great. It's insane, dude. So, yeah, exciting times for sure. I love it. So, anything else you want to promote? Yeah. Or? Um, anything going on? Snap four. <laughs> snap uh, four August U.S. Open. Snap four August August 8th, 8th. U.S. Open Saturday night OC Observatory all ages. It's eight eight right eight eight twenty. Uh, yep, it is eight eight twenty. That's special. It's got a good number to it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, eight, eight, crazy eight. Yeah, we're we're all locked in, and um, yeah, that's it. And if you want to come surf the wave pool with Mason Ho for the day, uh, DM me. And uh, we only got. Are you gonna promote that? Yeah, somewhere yeah, yeah, on the yeah, website or something? Yeah, it, it'll, it'll, it should be on the internet. Maybe by the time this podcast hit, okay. um, Mason's on his way back from Fernando from the QS in Brazil and for filming for the movie. And uh, he went and, like, there's all these ways with huge backwashes and stuff, and he's. <laughs> That's that's the shit I guess yeah. he just loves, you know. Anything with dry rocks or backwash. I'll show you this photo when we're done. Of, of I can't one. believe this. This rock is three feet out of the water, and he's no trying to air it over. He's no further than one foot away from it, and and I'm, I I wrote him. I said, dude, is that a rock in front of you? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> but you know, another thing too is Mason has been sidelined by those rocks before. That's yeah. not on social media. Yeah. But I can assure you, like, he's taking a beating. Yeah. He has definitely been on the injured reserve multiple yeah. times from some of these sessions that you watch online. Yeah. yeah. But uh, anyways, yeah, I think surfing with him at the wave pool will be. I think it'll be a, a pretty rad experience. I just for, love his approach and vibe. He he yeah. is up walking the Aloha, you know. Yeah. And just so so I'm, uh, if you got the money, then then come serve with us and wake up for the day because I think it's going to be a pretty exciting thing. You end up on his YouTube page. And, Sweet. Uh, yeah. It should be good. But uh, yeah, other than that, it, this is plenty of promotion. It's time for me to get the job done and yeah. yeah. try to make this the best surf movie possible. Well, we're excited, man. We're yeah. stoked that you uh, Thanks, sat down Chucky. with us and, and told us your story. Yeah, I yeah. appreciate you guys having me on. It's a pleasure. Yeah, Dude. yeah, we're stoked on you know sharing some of the story. You know, obviously all those stories, but those deep stories that you know the struggles and where you're at now. It's, we're super yeah super it's inspiring yeah, yeah you know? thanks I appreciate it. yeah and if anyone out there is ever struggling with that you know always feel free to DM me too I'm happy to to, to uh, help try to use you know my my experiences or downfalls to help prevent someone from going down that path or from helping them get on track to, to getting things yeah perfect alright Logan Chucky Julian yeah perfect thanks for hanging out with Late Night with Chucky thank you mm-hmm. Thank you guys. We can't wait till 8820. 8820. Snap 4. I'm going to watch it before that. Snap 4, secure the bag. 40K on the line. Who's going to win? Secure the bag. Secure the bag. Let's get out. Thanks, Thanks, bud. Peace. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.